0: Should I have a beer? I kind of want a beer.
1: Me, I have a bottle of wine, and God help me, it's a big one.
0: He was in a, like, a boat, on yeah. the water. Uh, was it
1: a September. boat boat?
0: It was a boat boat.
1: <laughs> I think it was. I made it through the day without getting shot, stabbed, or killed.
0: It's one of those things that I fail at.
2: Well, there's always tomorrow.
0: We're taking the 11- to 13-year-olds, my kids, and I have to like, teach them things.
2: Hey, uh, we have the show. Uh, would you mind coming down and being a famous author on our show?
0: Death makes me sound so wonderful when I'm on Puffo Exchange, but I don't speak well in general. <laughs> Style. I got past the third chapter of They Shook Hand, and I really like it.
1: <laughs> Find out who lives in 8B. I want to know. <laughs>
0: Cops don't wear shoes like that, ever.
1: And a bit slutty. Hard candy. DSI boost jobs. What makes the mayor happy, makes the commissioner happy. What makes the commissioner happy, makes Captain Montgomery happy. What makes Captain Montgomery happy, makes Beckett happy.
2: Understood? I have to admit, she annoyed me a little bit.
0: She reminds me of this very classy, old school type of actress like Grace Kelly or Priscilla Lane that you don't really see a lot anymore
1: the punishment is mandatory ice cream for breakfast <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wait i can't tell that story it's highly inappropriate hello
2: greetings haha <laughs> hello hi bob
0: hey bob so i have no idea what's going on
2: apparently death failed
0: death failed i don't know when death's gonna be home but it's ash wednesday so he had church stuff to do I don't want to get too far into it, but we could definitely have some quote-unquote pre-recording time. And then if too long passes, I think at 8.30am, I might start the podcast.
3: Okay. And just
0: cave. So how are you guys doing?
3: Pretty good. Yeah, fairly good, I guess. This is a new microphone. Is this a good volume or anything? It's not... Yeah, you're good.
0: How am I?
2: Good. Bob, you sound normal. Cat, you're maybe a little loud, but not by any great stretch or anything. How are things on my end?
0: Yeah, you sound good. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I can't type and talk at the same time. It's really... It's one of those things that I fail at. <laughs> God, I'm so horrible.
2: might help if you're typing the same thing you're speaking, but otherwise, you have to think <sighs> about more stuff.
0: You have to think about two conversations at once. Oh, man.
2: You sound like I have a bit of a cold.
0: I have a sinus infection, which Yeesh. was death. Death's reaction to that is, Oh, we have to reschedule. We can't like have the podcast. And I'm just like... Why? Like, it's, it's a sinus infection. It's not like it's a big deal. It's not like I have mono. Yeah,
3: I, I thought the normal reaction to that on Pufo would be, take some good medicine and hop on the podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but it's not like I have mono. It's not like when I when we recorded the, the Christmas podcast and I was so out of it, I thought Ryan talking to Catherine was talking to me and getting my name wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. That was a lot, lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's
2: it's always odd having more than one person with the same name on a call.
0: Mhm. But yeah, so
2: I had a pretty good day today.
0: Did you get a service?
2: No, we didn't have a specific service for that. We went to the neighboring United Church last night for their Shrove Tuesday supper, uh-huh. and they they were having sort of a an Ash Wednesday contemplative thing upstairs at the same time if you wish to go. It was just soft music and the sanctuary was darkened and stuff like that.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a little bad that I didn't go this year. Mm -hmm. Oopsies. I actually didn't realize that it's the start of Lent. Yeah, Um, it
2: seems weird. It's soon.
0: Every year we... Do two retreats one for the young adults where I get to go and learn shit and stuff, and then one where we're taking the 11 to 13 year olds, my kids, and I have to like teach them things. And this year, because our senior pastor retired in January, everything's completely messed up, and we just had one retreat, another retreat's next weekend. And it's just like, wait, what? Glenn's now? I'm not used to Lent being now. So yeah, everything's kind of skewed and off.
2: I wasn't really even thinking of that when Dad kind of phoned us last night and said, "Do we want to go to this thing at the other church?" Because you know they're having their pancake supper, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. It's February. This should not."
0: (laughs) Once every few months, or every every few months, every few years, it starts in February.
2: It's just a lot more common to be March or April. Yep. Mostly, it was a good day today because we got our first. I should back up. One of the recurring assignments that we have with this radio college is every week they'll give us a 10-page stapled thing. They call it a reading binder, but it's not actually in a binder. It's just paper stapled together of commercials or articles or stuff to read. And we just have to read it onto our little cassettes so that they can tell if we stop to edit things. You're not supposed to edit in the middle and go through and get all the words correctly onto the tape. It's not really marking us for expression and stuff like that. But we got our first ones back this afternoon, and I was the only one in the class that didn't have any mistakes. So that's
4: Yay!
2: Let's
4: go,
3: Very, Scott! Good. Very nice.
2: To be fair, the other there was one other guy who only had one thing that our sort of assistant teacher had marked as a mistake and that's because the main teacher had already gone through that one portion and said he didn't like the word sate and didn't know what it meant and he would change it to satisfy so a lot of the others actually did that and then the assistant who didn't know about that marked them wrong for it yeah
0: uh, so did he get the point back
2: yeah he didn't have to redo his well a lot of them didn't because if you had five or less errors on he was letting it slide for this week but otherwise, mm. anytime you have a mistake, you have to do the whole thing over again as well as the next weeks.
0: Oh, wow. So that's a high curve right there.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just getting you used to reading a lot of stuff in one sitting without stumbling over things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I would probably fail that class. Death makes me sound so wonderful when I'm on Puffo Exchange, but I don't speak well in general. <laughs> Lord knows why I'm on a podcast.
2: Because you're fun.
0: I guess. It's just hilarious to me that I'm not Mm -hmm. known for I say like and um, and I stammer a lot sometimes, and especially when I'm drunk.
2: Yes, well, I think that
3: has an impact on anybody's articulation, really.
0: This is true.
3: I mean, considering how introverted I usually am, I'm... Kind of surprised that I'm actually recording podcasts at all, even for shows that I love. <laughs> Yay,
0: introverts. Introverts are fun people. Usually when they speak, they say things that actually are very interesting, and I like listening to them. I'm actually, just as a background, I'm from a family of introverts, so <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just... Yeah, it's it's very weird for me to be in a family of introverts and be a complete extrovert. and Yeah.
2: I'm definitely somewhere on the introvert continuum. I just fake it well.
0: In the years that I've known you, you've become a lot more extroverted.
2: Yeah. As I become comfortable with
3: people, I talk a lot more. Yes. Yes, same here. I've noticed myself that in the years that I've been even just lurking around Pufwa that I've become a lot more extroverted than I used to be.
0: Let me just text Ryan. Hello. Oh. Greetings. Hey, Ryan added you without me prompting him. Fabulous.
1: Very good. Well, I was already in the chat there, and it gave me the option to join the call. So I said, oh. okay, join the call. That's
0: fabulous. <laughs> nice. I love this technology.
1: It's automated. Yeah. Yay!
0: Yay! We don't have to bug Ryan. So I was I was so hoping that you would join us before I had to start the podcast, death, because I have news for you.
1: What's the news?
0: So... I was a little bored when was it last thursday i was a little bit bored and i was just like you know what my goal today is going to be get past the third chapter of they shook hands because it's always <laughs> what makes me I go nuts and then run away screaming the I bribing sca- of
1: the hat is the problem yes
0: well, that and the whole, you know, I. there are several moments in the first three chapters that just make me cringe just a little bit. Okay. And then, you know, it's just kind of like, but it's a friend, so I want to keep reading. Oh, uh, I don't like that either. So I have to say I got past it. And I really like it.
1: Yay! I'm excited.
0: I'm like halfway through (laughs) year two. It's really good. (laughs) Whee! There are definitely moments that I have to scroll through where it's like, this drives me nuts. But I mean, uh, it's fabulous. Otherwise. Thank you. I really like Elon. (laughs) He's hilarious.
1: (laughs) He's a fun character to write because there is no corollary to him.
0: Right, yeah. There's always that fun, you know.
1: Can do whatever you want with him, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and he's a plot device to let me push characters in certain directions. And mm-hmm. he's fun; I like him. But I know some people don't. But I mean, the word "Élan" is a French word that means style. Style <laughs> <laughs> class. Uh huh. And I was talking with Ellie earlier today, and she tells me that it is biblical for Terabinth. Or any kind of strong tree.
0: Interesting. That's what I said. Very interesting. But you know, just just so you know, I Lassie Lupin, who is a profound hater of all things Draco Malfoy, (laughs) I'm really enjoying this (laughs) pic, and I kind of hate myself for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hate yourself for liking him, or hate yourself because you let it go this long without reading it.
0: Both. Yes, (laughs)
4: Yes,
1: <laughs> my work Sorry. here is done. <laughs>
0: I'm not no, quite as
2: dramatic as PS's HG moment, but you know, oh. still good.
0: On Saturday. September thirteenth at eleven twenty-one p.m. I fell so madly in love you won't even believe it with Harry Hi. Ginny.
2: I think I just peed my pants.
0: Please say that again. I felt something click inside of me, and the second half of my life began. She really does love them.
1: I don't think anything can necessarily top that.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it's it's. The one moment I think that will ever top that is if I actually get into avidly reading relationship stuff, which will never happen.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think you reading Snape Hermione and enjoying it would yes. top that.
2: But.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I'll have to send her the tribal warrior one, see if that helps. She's I've, she's
0: I've, read, I've, it. I've read it. Okay. It's still, it's it's, just, it's a it's a it's a squick factor for me. It's just it's gross. Like it's just one of those things of ew. Yeah.
2: Definitely I can read with things there. with it in it, I just ignore it Like like that one, I read as a comedy fic I don't care that it's a relationship thing I just ignore that part
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, see, I have to do that for standard relationships Most Harry Ginny, I have to be like I'm going to ignore the relationship stuff This is just a story mm-hmm. I don't care about the relationship stuff
1: I'm like that with a lot of the stupider Harry Ginny stuff
0: Oh, goodness I was in the middle of watching Castle, of course Yay! Mm-hmm.
1: So I should probably
0: close out my iTunes in case I hit a wrong button and suddenly there's Castle in my ears.
1: Mm-hmm. On topicness, yay!
0: Yay, on topicness. <laughs> so Very nice. Death, how are you? Since we've covered everybody else's, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. Service ran a little longer than I expected, got out at 8.40, and then had to be dropped off at my apartment, had to run inside, grab my notes, my headset, and my bottle of wine, and... (laughs) Yay! Yay for wine. And from there, I drove another 20 minutes up to Catherine's house, where there is much better internet reception, and... Now I am opening my bottle of wine.
0: How goes Um, moving?
1: So far, so good. I moved the first truckload of stuff today. My apartment really looks empty, which is making me sad. I always knew I wasn't going to stay there for a really long time, but I didn't think it was going to be this temporary, and it's kind of depressing.
0: Yeah, but it's also happy, because you're moving in with Catherine.
1: It is. Well, she doesn't live here yet, either. (laughs) (laughs) There's been a mold problem down in the basement, so over... that's fun. Yeah, over the past six months, I have been doing demolition work with a sledgehammer and crowbar. It's awesome. Let me tell you, men out there, if you have never swung a sledgehammer with the motion to destroy something... Give it a try. It's very fun to do. It's very therapeutic. Uh,
4: uh, 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 oh yes. Mm-hmm.
0: It, it's fun for the women too, by the way. Uh, uh,
3: uh, 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 very good. Very good. <laughs> there was a fraternity at the college I went to that during rush week or whatever they car smash. Uh, no, much better. They took a bunch of old computers and stuff, threw a them off of the r- smash. Yes, threw them off of the roof of their building, and then gave all the pledges sledgehammers and pickaxes. It was a lot of fun.
1: What college was this? Pig Fox. Okay, because that sounds like something they did at... Pig I shot-putted a bowling ball through a monitor, and the whole screen exploded outwards. It was beautiful.
0: You don't do fun stuff like this at Catholic college. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if they didn't do it at my college or if I just didn't know. Yeah, the fraternities would often get
1: some old junker and let you beat on it. They'd take the glass out first and you'd get to swing sledgehammer or whatnot. And it was always a real prize if you could get the seats out. But the only way you could get the seats out were if you went down
2: there with a set of tools.
0: Yeah.
4: Our well, closest we didn't- thing was
2: the recycling place near-ish where I grew up. Still had a big glass recycling thing, which is kind of rare now, I guess. But mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to go up there and go up a little ramp to the top of the giant bin and wing stuff in as hard as possible. Nice. Satisfying smash. Mm -hmm. It's very therapeutic to break stuff. It really is. We did learn how to make breakaway glass in my props course. That was fun. Well, that's cool. It is Mm -hmm.
1: fun. That's awesome.
0: So I've been debating this, actually. It's been four hours since my last pill. It's about four hours until my NyQuil. Should I have a beer? i kind of want a beer
1: then have a beer doesn't interfere with right. sinus medications and, and what as far as i know
0: you're supposed to not have more than three but i think i'm good because i'm not gonna have three i'm just gonna have one
1: so she says <laughs> so hey, there's, only, if,
0: there's only one beer in my fridge
1: oh well i guess you are only having one me i have a bottle of wine and god help me it's a big one.
0: <laughs> Oh lord <laughs>
1: You do not have
2: to finish it.
1: Uh, no, and I'm going to, unless we record for six hours tonight, which I don't think we're going to do. I, I hope not. Yeah, God. I have to um, get up
0: and go to the doctor tomorrow.
1: Yes, yes, you do. You need to get not sick.
0: Well, I am sick, and the point is that I need to go get antibiotics so I don't get more sick.
1: Whatever, you know what I meant.
0: <laughs>
1: don't nitpick with me.
0: But it's fun!
1: It is. As a lovely bottle of barefoot wine, and it's Cabernet Sauvignon.
0: Oh, I love their Cab Sauv. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Last time I was drinking a large bottle, it was Sauvignon Blanc. So hopefully I can keep this under control. Does it count as alcoholism if you're drinking by yourself and you drink directly from the bottle? You're not by yourself. Well, I'm by myself physically. Yes, but that doesn't matter. It
0: doesn't count when you're on... My my rule is, because I'm a a quote-unquote social drinker, Mm -hmm. there has to be at least one other person online with me.
1: Okay, that's fair. I'm just saying it's pointless to dirty a glass if I'm the only one drinking.
0: Yeah, so just drink by yourself. There we go. With the bottle. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Unless you're planning on someone else drinking later, but... You know, the, only person for the
1: it's other likely, half of the bottle. The only person it's likely to be is Catherine. Mm, well, yes. and uh, draw your uh, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't have any grave diseases, I think you're okay. Well, I'm actually fairly healthy at the moment. It's a good thing. Yay! Mm-hmm. The Pufa exchange was our last best hope for conversation. We failed. something greater. Our last best hope for entertainment. And welcome back to the Poofoo Exchange. I'm Death I'm Kat. I'm Scott. And I'm Bob. Yay, we did it the first time. <laughs> um. And we are here tonight to discuss Castle, which is a wonderful show that airs on ABC and stars Nathan Fillion, who you will remember from our previous coverage of Firefly.
3: I'd like to be the king of all didn't and wear a shiny hat.
1: Nathan Fillion is the reason I started watching this show. Same and I started watching it on TV, and it was great. And then I was in, I think, Target browsing around the DVD section, and I saw Castle Season 1. And it was Season 2 that was showing on TV, and I didn't even realize it. So I bought Season 1, took it home, watched it. It's only 10 episodes, which is great, but it's a shame because there could be so many more. It's a fantastic show. Good character interactions. The writing is smart. It's funny. It's witty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. slip the
2: good writing in the middle of a police procedural.
0: Which is rare. Yeah. Extremely yeah. rare. <laughs> and
2: you can tell the cast are having a good time, which always helps.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting. I think a lot of people, apparently like half their fan base or something, has found Castle and become fans through Firefly, as proven by the Comic Con videos that they have shown. I'm <laughs> 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 just like seas of people who. Clearly love sci-fi and have loved Firefly in the past. Now, because he's on it, it's like, yay, more. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Well, what I really like about the writing of the show is that they will constantly give nods to other universes. They'll constantly nod to Firefly. Like in season two, he dresses up as Mal Reynolds. He dresses up as a space cowboy costume. Exactly. And the daughter says, didn't you wear that like five years ago?
0: Yep. My favorite one of those is they're walking into a scene and he's putting on the blue autopsy gloves and very subtly he flashes the camera two by two and then puts his hands in front of him. So he puts two fingers up on each hand and then puts his hands in front of us. So it's two by two hands of blue, which is a very subtle, fabulous nod to Firefly in all its glory. Yeah.
2: That and we can't forget things. I was aiming for his head.
0: Yes. I- yes. <laughs> <laughs> or where did you learn Chinese? Oh, this... This favorite TV show that was On like four years ago
2: (laughs) Most of these Came in in later seasons I don't think they did a lot of that in season one I didn't notice any of them
0: I don't think there are any nods to any of their former TV shows in season one. Season one was a mid-season replacement for Life on Mars, which got canceled. So I think most of their time was spent kind of establishing a universe very quickly and trying to get a fan base. Mm
1: -hmm. Developing the characters, making them interesting.
0: Right. So do we want to start, since we're doing season one only and doing character-based discussion, do we want to start with Richard Castle himself?
1: Sure. Why not? My one note about Rick Castle, the very first thing I wrote down is, Rick Castle loves the spotlight. And mm-hmm. you see that in the very first episode.
2: The very first scene with him is him at a book release, just having a great time. And then <laughs> everything turns because it starts off, he's the celebrity, he's got the sunglasses, he's signing everything in sight, there are camera flashes going off, and he goes up to a I don't know if it's a buffet table or if he goes down a hallway or something like that. And you discover that this is the last book in his great big best-selling series. He's killed off his character, and he has writer's block. He has no idea what he's going to do next. Mm -hmm. And his mother, who is now living with him, has told his publisher, which is just not a good scene. (laughs)
0: And as far as that scene goes... I really think this was a great example of how Nathan Fillion and Molly Quinn, who plays his daughter, Alexis, just have this great chemistry together. Right off the bat, as a father-daughter kind of a a thing. And you can really see that he cares for her in that kind of way. And he's very different throughout the series toward Alexis than he is toward anybody else. Toward anybody else, he's the playboy. He's the very typical rich young guy who has no strings attached and is kind of just enjoying himself and his riches but to her he's very much the single dad who loves her very much
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. that comes across so much even in the 10
2: episodes that we got and, that, and, and yet a- he's very atypical that way as well because for example he's perfectly okay with letting her do things that not every dad would do when she's that age because she, he knows she's so responsible she actually comes across as the more responsible one a lot of the time because they joke with each other and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Three of the episodes the very first time you see either of them, they are battling with each other in some fashion, whether it's... Laser tag with or foil. fencing. Laser tag. Yeah. I forget what the other one was, but there was another where they were acting out antagonists in some little story that they were
3: having and just having a great time.
4: Yeah. yeah,
3: That's one of the great things about this show is that relationship between them. You don't really see anything like that in pretty much any other show that I can think of that does it nearly as well.
0: And mm-hmm. especially since so many shows kind of play up the single mom relationship a lot of the time and there are so many great shows out there that have that single mom with an absent father it's kind of great to see a single dad with the mom off doing the things that the father would typically be doing
1: Mm -hmm. and rick raised alexis himself there was no nanny involved and as a result they're very close and despite that she can always surprise him And to be able to surprise a creative author that he is, even though he does have writer's block at the moment, is just a very powerful thing. And it
2: speaks a lot to their relationship. They do very well at defining the whole show within the first episode, I think. Because we have this scene and a half of, here's a great writer, he's having a great time, but now he's got writer's block and things are horrible. And he has an exchange with his daughter about how he's just bored by everything. He wants something to be a surprise, and then walking up behind him, here's Detective Kate Beckett, who does not want him to sign anything, and in fact wants him to come to the police station. That has never happened to him before.
0: Because there's been two murders, which is, I think, just kind of... uh, As someone who really likes crime procedurals, this, this was definitely one of those murders that you don't see on TV a whole lot. In criminal justice, normally it's kind of a Occam's razor type situation where the simplest answer is always the correct solution. And crime procedurals always like to make it fancy and make it really complicated, whereas I think Castle was this gigantic return to the simplest answer is usually the solution Mm -hmm. and just the fact that of course he can't figure it out and he's this great crime writer and he should be able to figure it out just makes it more interesting but
1: Mm -hmm. i think that what you're saying about other police procedurals they try to trip you up and make things more complicated than all of that i was watching law and order svu last night and we're at the halfway point in the episode and i just said She is going to kill him, and at the end of the show, yes, she ended up killing him and about three other people, and it's gotten to the point where their creativity, such as it is, is not very creative anymore. And a show like Castle is very refreshing.
0: And I think it's also people who watch these shows, people who like the police procedural or crime show, have seen enough of these things to know how the writers are thinking. So they know to look for the complicated answer, and they can call it early on. I can do the same thing. I can call the end of the episode very early on, and I'm done. With Castle, they look for the simpler solution, Mm -hmm. so it's harder to guess because we're not trained as the viewer to look for the simple solution.
1: Correct. And what I like about Castle is that it's not about the crime. It's about the characters while they investigate whatever crime is
2: going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that Castle himself contributes to solving the crimes is he's coming to this as a writer. What he wants to do is make the story make sense. And that often ends up leading to something that really does tie stuff up.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is another thing, Castle. No matter what situation he's in, whether it's relationships or looking at a crime or his friendships or his daughter, he's always looking for the story.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, that I like. One of the I like about him. He like observes he, everything.
1: I like how he can sit there and start spinning a scenario and. It's He'll talk in a certain tone of voice, and he'll bring everybody else into this novel, basically. And he will just set the scene, and he'll spin a tale that makes absolute sense. And then someone will say, you're on crack, or <laughs> to, to an effect Yeah, like but that. we have no evidence. Oh, yeah, but we have no evidence of that, but the story makes sense, so the evidence is there.
0: But I think well, it's it's something that's really great, because... Kate Beckett as a character doesn't have that. She can't, you know, she doesn't look for what details would fill in the blanks. She is kind of that very typical cop that does not cross boundaries and doesn't look for, how can I get the story? She's looking to catch the guy and that's it.
1: Well, she does say to him at one point, he's questioning, that's it, that's it and she's like, well, we caught the bad guy. That's pretty much the end
2: of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He's yeah. looking for the twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And To be fair, Castle does often have twists, like you will have a sort of mid-act resolution and then something else happens. But for one, it usually makes some sense. It's because Castle does extra digging because he just doesn't get it or things like that. And the other thing is they actually establish at the beginning that Kate Beckett gets the weird cases. Because that's what she does. It's not that there's nobody in New York who is just mugged or just gets robbed or there's just a home invasion or whatever. There are cases like that, but her specialty is the weird ones.
1: That's why that's what we always see. Those cases do exist, but it doesn't make for exciting television.
0: And there are Mm -hmm. a lot of nods in the first few episodes that this is going to be a police procedural kind of show... They are going to go kind of beyond the expected of what reality is. But, you know, and they're they're there to tell the story, but it's not going to be your typical kind of a case where you can call it very early on.
3: Back with Castle liking to tell stories, I really enjoyed in the second episode when he was talking about the guy in 8B how he got everyone to um, fall in with it and then Montgomery says, tell me who lives in 8B.
1: Find out who lives in 8B! I want to know! And that's what I'm talking about. Castle spins this great story and it leaves people wondering, well, who does live next door? Who is the neighbor? And you know, what's going on? And they realize they just don't know enough about the situation.
2: And as the season goes on, he gets the rest of them to start doing that too. Whether mm-hmm. it's between him and Ryan Esposito or nearing the end between him and Beckett, they'll both be going on this theory and getting farther and farther and farther in what they're thinking might have happened and then somebody else has to say um but we still only have three pieces of evidence
0: <laughs> i have to say i love just as far as the guy in 8b storyline i love that storyline because i have no clue who my neighbors are i live in a huge city i have no clue who i live next to i've never mm-hmm. met them i probably never will
1: i know who lives above me and i know who lives below me but i don't know who lives to the side of me
0: I've met the guy who lives below me once, and that's because they were remodeling our hallways, and he wanted to see how much dust was in my hallway for the fire alarms. Other than that, when you live in a big city, you don't know anybody ever
1: i know the people above me only because they have small children and they came down at one point to say if the children are ever making too much noise just bang on the ceiling or come up and knock on the door and they're good kids they do quiet down if you do that neighbor came by just the other day to say oh we're having a birthday party there's going to be lots of children around from three to seven you know just so you're aware i said that's fine they're good kids let them make noise kids are kids yeah, And I went downstairs to tell my neighbor at one point, I'm having a birthday party. You're going to hear some loud music quite late. <laughs> Here's a beer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bribing them with alcohol at good times.
1: Exactly. So getting back to the show.
0: But, um, I mean, one, th- one thing that I really like about Castle is that It's very clear what his faults are. He doesn't respect boundaries at all.
1: No. She gives
2: orders and expects him to obey, and he just says, You never does very well. Mm -hmm. At least three times he's told to stay in the car, and he doesn't.
1: Mm -hmm. And gets
2: handcuffed in the car at least once. I loved that because he had a handcuff key in his wallet, and (laughs) it makes you wonder
0: why. Oh, because he's Castle. I was guessing he could see in the near future she was going to handcuff him to the car and he was going to need a key to get himself out. Or he's
2: prepared that way and yet he takes it out and drops it and yeah. has to spend <laughs> half a scene trying to pick up this handcuff key with his feet.
0: I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet.
3: Of course, the one time he finally listens to her and stays in the car, the guy lands on top of the car and then tells him to get out at gunpoint. Yep. Yep, which is just tremendously funny.
2: (laughs) That's the major thing, or one major thing about this show, is they're just having a good time. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are murders and horrible things happen, and they also have serious emotional moments with the characters at various times through these episodes. But most of it, they're really having a good time. All sorts of wacky fun stuff happens even if it's just humor between the characters they're always having a little bit of banter this is part of what castle as a person brings to their team because this is just what he's like he always wants to bring things to the lighter side if he can on their first meeting he suggests that beckett spank him <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that just, just end- sets
1: the tone <laughs> for their relationship
0: and i love one of the first things that i noticed in the first episode the first time i watched it was castle saying my safety word is apples (laughs) and it's just like (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: there's a point where he's being really annoying and she grabs him by the nose and he starts repeating apples 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 oh gosh i missed that
0: That was, yeah. great. That, was a, that was one of my favorite moments it w- was the continuity of they keep using apples as a safety word is kind of fabulous. <laughs> that,
2: that is funny. And another thing is that even though this is a lighthearted, fun show, it's actually also, in some cases it's more realistic and in some cases it's just at least acknowledging the realism in how police procedures go. And there's at least three times where Castle... Who is sort of standing in for us, the viewer who is used to TV police, is completely shocked by how something happens. They come in and they're trying to track down a particular person. He says, Oh, great, we'll get on the computers, we'll do this, we'll do that. And they hand him boxes full of files.
0: The Department says, of okay, Missing Persons.
2: Go through the files. That's how you do it. Uh, yeah, or the,
1: the, the facial recognition software. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which <laughs> That's <cracked> your eyes. <laughs> Exactly.
0: Which made me just so happy.
1: There's another instance where it's going to take a week to get prints analyzed, because in the real world, there's a
2: backlog. And Castle just can't stand that, so he phones the mayor. Because he knows the mayor. He plays cards with the mayor and says, hey, can we get these prints jumped to the front of the line? Because that would just be a lot of help. Thanks. Well, that's the
1: whole reason he's there in the first place is because the mayor is a fan of his writing. And he wants to go into the police department and study Kate Beckett as potential material for his new character. And he gets away with this because what makes the mayor happy? Makes the commissioner happy. What makes the commissioner happy? Makes Captain Montgomery happy. What makes Captain Montgomery happy? Makes Beckett happy. Understood?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. This brings up two points. Makes Beckett very unhappy. (laughs) I like that, like, previously established that Castle knows everybody in the justice world who's worth knowing. Because he would, being a writer. He, he would question people, and he has contacts in the criminal side, which just makes for really good storytelling, because every time they have a problem, Castle has a guy.
1: And it's great because it shows that he does his research.
0: Yes. He yeah. goes
1: and, and yeah. talks to the right people, and he, he'll take underworld figures and make them famous.
0: Which is very Mm -hmm. standard for writers of this caliber. They have people who they know who are in this world and are experts. Or they seek people out who are in this world and are experts in their field. So they can kind of get a little bit of a Mm -hmm. better feel for it as they're writing. The other thing I wanted to bring up is, and I have to say this because my major is criminal justice and my minor is in forensics. Thank you, Jesus, for a forensics-appropriate show because it's so frustrating to sit through NCAS or CSI or these shows that it takes no time at all to do forensics or any of this stuff. First of all, it takes days to do DNA just by itself. Mm -hmm. And...
1: Speaking as an analytical chemist, I can attest to that.
0: And for people who are going to court cases, there's something called the CSI effect, that people are expecting forensics in court cases. And first of all, it's extremely expensive to do forensics, and second of all, it takes a lot of time. So a lot of time, cases in reality will not have forensics because it takes too much to do to try and seek this guy out who has this certain DNA type I mean, if it's ever used, it's usually used to confirm that this guy did it. Mm
4: -hmm. The other thing
0: is that technology on these shows just isn't what it is in reality, which was what made the Department of Facial Recognition made me laugh so hard because that's exactly what it's like.
1: Mm -hmm. what i love is in any of these crime shows they always show the laboratory at some point and there's jars and bottles and vials filled with brightly colored liquids Mm -hmm. it's not like that the really interesting liquids are all clear and colorless
3: although with the dna thing it's probably going to start being used a lot more in reality and i guess probably shows maybe that are technically accurate because very recently they're coming out with stuff that allows you to fully test DNA much quicker and much, much cheaper.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, you've got to be able to fund the technology that would be willing to test that, which is, the the, machines are probably going to be expensive.
3: It's still like $1,000 to do one person's DNA, so Mm -hmm. it's not really cheap.
2: Even if a particular test happens to be fairly simple and takes a relatively short amount of time, there are more than three cases going on in any given day.
0: Especially in a city like New York or Chicago or these places that TV shows take place in because we're not going to have 10,000 murders in... CSI
2: Moose Jaw. Woo!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There's not going to be 20,000 murders in Moose Jaw, Canada because that's going to be interesting to watch. But... It's really great to see a show that kind of acknowledges that it takes about 35 minutes to just run somebody's prints, and you can't just stand in front of the printer and say, okay, we're running the prints now, and seconds later, oh, look, we have somebody's prints.
1: It's, it just doesn't work that way. There's millions of records that they need to compare your sample to.
0: And you have to do a separate search for every, every database you want to go through. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't. And I'm glad you bring up the CSI effect. I was going to use that exact terminology. I read an article years ago that gave it that term, but this brings to mind an episode of the Big Bang Theory. They get broken into. Laptops and stuff get stolen. They call the police, and Sheldon is all there with a sample of his fingerprints and a (laughs) drinking glass that he found on the counter. And the the police take the report, and they're like, okay, somebody will call you, and you can file an insurance claim. And they're like, "What aren't aren't you going to bring the CSI team in? No, no, we're not.
0: (laughs) In fact, the, the, the CSI team, or the CS unit, is normally one guy who's a detective who's been trained in this stuff. And that's it. That's the CSI team. It's one guy.
1: But you can't have one guy on a television show. It doesn't make things very interesting.
0: And they send it out to a private lab. There are only two forensics labs in the state of Illinois. And one deals exclusively with Chicago cases, and then one deals with the rest of Uh, Illinois. Everything else. Um, But, I mean, that's what... and, And they're nowhere near any big cities. Like, I think one's in Joliet, which is two hours from Chicago, and one's in Northbrook, which is like an hour to the north. There's no... All this stuff with lads being in the middle of the city with the shiny in the middle of the Las Vegas Strip or whatever, that's not realistic. Let's just take a step back. So I really kind of like the fact that they have at least half a nod to this fact that all these forensics and all these shows, that's not what solves cases. Detectives who work beats and question people, that's what solves cases
1: and think creatively.
0: Mm-hmm. I also like they establish the fact that cops can lie to suspects in questioning because they, yes. really, they legally can do that. And it, you're held for questioning for hours and they also establish that you just sit in a room waiting for the detective to come question you and it's three questions and then you're left alone in the room for hours longer.
1: What's the maximum that they can hold you without charging? Is it 24 hours?
0: It depends on the state. Here it's 36. Some places it's 24. They can hold you without charging You for this Mm -hmm. amount of time. And a surprisingly large amount of people confess in that time, even though they have no evidence. Just the fact that, yeah, you're sitting in a room with nothing to do, no cell phone, no computer, with no writing utensils or anything. You just get to sit there and think about what you did.
1: (laughs) I would welcome that time. I would write fic in that time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of people kind of use it because they have to feed you and they have to give you bathroom breaks and you get to sleep and stuff. Questioning takes hours, and this whole concept of, we're going to question you for five minutes, and then you can leave. Just- yeah,
1: and we're going to slam you up against the wall. And-
0: yes, and break thousands of laws that people will lose their jobs over.
3: Uh, that brings up one little issue that I had, and I think it was the third episode, when they were asking one of the that group of students who was the person that they saw. Right, right. The fact that Beckett asked if she was sure that if she had seen anyone when the person that they were suspecting stepped forward, that seemed kind of like leading and I wasn't sure if that was...
0: That's not legal. They did the lineup wrong. You're supposed to let them go through all five or six people that you have in the room and then you ask, do you see anyone here who looks like... I I assume that they cut that for time um, Mm -hmm. just because it takes so long to go through all six people. So, yeah, I'm just going to take it as they cut it for time, and st- I'm just going to let that one slide. But They could that- have
1: handled it a little better if they had not had individuals step forward, if they just brought her into the room and said, do you see anyone here?
0: Right, yeah, it's it's yeah. just kind of for real. people recognize the, guy the lineup. It
2: was at number six or something, so you can presume, like, come into the scene with number five, step back, number six, step forward. Mm -hmm. They could have handled
0: it better, yeah. That was definitely one of the few moments that I'm just like, and that's illegal. That would be thrown out of court in about five seconds. But it didn't really matter because it turned out the guy didn't do it.
1: So it's a good thing his lawyer never got a hold of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can I also say I love that the public defender knew Beckett because that's very realistic because the same public defenders would probably be working with her over and over and over again.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's the nature
2: of the public defender. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Doesn't and they have a nickname well. for the assistant U.S. attorney.
0: Hard candy. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that's that's later. On. Is that season one or season two? That's, season, yeah,
2: that's one. That. season one. All right. Yeah, it's the last episode. Oh, that's I right. Did. Yeah. Commentary on that. So John Huertas, who plays Esposito, was apparently lobbying for her to become Esposito's love interest. I don't think that, <laughs> that out, but yeah.
0: Do we want to move to Kate Beckett? Sure. First note I had to say I'm a massive fan of the short hair, especially since with crime procedurals, cops normally have either short hair or they put it always in a ponytail or a bun. Mm-hmm. Just because long, beauty, pretty Hollywood hair really gets in the way of your job when you're a cop so i was really impressed with them having all the women had short really manageable hair i
1: like kate i think she's a wonderful character she's insightful she's a hardcore fan of castles which is yeah. hysterical yeah she has all of the books she gets some of them mm-hmm. signed and she knows the really obscure titles that he's done she's a member of the website so she gets a preview <laughs> advance of the cover art
2: of which she is incensed
1: by i actually have the cover for Heatwave, and she's right to be incensed
0: oh yeah it's it's definitely a <laughs> i just kind of love the whole she, she's very i i don't want to say urban woman like there aren't any women like this in the country but this very i'm not gonna back down just because you're a man kind of attitude about her mm-hmm. she's very um, empowered She's very empowered, yep. Um, Which makes
2: sense. She's the leader of a detective team. She's been a detective for years, and she's had to come up through a probably still mostly male profession to get to this point. She's really good. She knows it, and she knows she kind of has to confront things a little bit sometimes.
0: It's also a pretty misogynistic uh, Mm -hmm. profession. There are a lot of people who don't think that women should be detectives or cops because it's a man's job, but it's very cool that she is tough enough, and she gets a lot of respect even from the old school guys, which I think testifies a lot to who she is.
1: Mm-hmm. She knows what she's doing. She's yeah. good at her job. It's like how Castle describes Nikki Heat. He says, the female detective is smart, savvy, really good at her job, and a bit slutty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've read the Nikki Heat novels. That's an accurate
4: description.
0: <laughs> I like that she can give as much as she gets, which really works with castle being this very playboyish kind of typical guy that she just mm-hmm. will give it right back and she won't cry or act all hurt by his making fun of her um, she likes for him yeah she likes to mess with him a lot which is mm-hmm. i think just hysterical
1: i like in episode two castle says i made it through the day without getting shot stabbed or killed well there's always tomorrow yep <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
0: Or at the beginning of an episode where he's signing all the paperwork and she's immediately like, Can I shoot him now?
3: Yes. <laughs> uh, and also in that episode in response to Casa's offer of strip poker with his mystery buddies, she says I prefer mystery to horror.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love the circle of authors that he plays poker with and how he goes to them. And he spins things as though it's a book or a story. And it's really a case that he's working on at the moment. And they yeah. come up with different twists and they say, that's it? That's all you got? That That's not interesting. You need uh, this or that. And, I, I
2: think and that fun. turns out to be what it is, of
1: course. Yeah. Well, he's tapping them for the same sort of creativity that he contributes on his own many times to the team.
0: Can I say that as a fan of the genre of thriller slash crime novels, I squeed a little bit when I saw James Patterson for the first time.
1: Very nice. (laughs) I was not
0: expecting that.
1: See, I don't, I'm not into that genre or those genres, so I don't recognize any of these people, but I'm glad that they are real, legitimate authors, and they're not just actors.
0: Yeah, I was not. I was expecting an actor, which I was thinking, okay, that's fine, but I was really excited when they actually got the actual... And they, they still get the actual authors to come in for little scenes, which I think is just so fabulous. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Apparently, the... It's Rob Bowman. I don't know if he's the producer or what his relationship is, but one of the creators of the show was actually basically an intern in Stephen Cannell's film company. He calls him Uncle Steve. His, his father was one of his great friends, and they're that close. So he just, uh, they were going through all these negotiations and working out, you know, how can we get. These author, this author, and he just sort of makes a phone call and says, Hey, uh, we have this show. Uh, Would you mind coming down and being a famous author on our show? And he said, yeah, he said, sure. Okay, let's go for it.
0: (laughs) I I just love that. It adds such an air of authenticity to Castle's character that he knows Mm -hmm. these famous authors that people will recognize when they're on the screen.
2: I don't know if any of you had a chance to look at all the special features and such. But one of them is Nathan Fillion, and I'm sure they, they mostly made this up kind of for laughs, but it's Nathan Fillion going to Stephen Cannell's house to research how a real famous mystery author does things, and basically annoying him most of the day. <laughs> I did watch that. I thought it was hysterical. He was told, be there at 4.30. So he
1: goes at 4.30 p.m. and he's running off to do this other thing. No, 4.30 a.m. <laughs>
2: so he falls asleep on the doorstep and waits for the next day and <laughs> then he, ke- he keeps trying to give him advice but Nathan is distracted by the fancy shiny cars and I'm not a car mm-hmm. guy and I know I would be and then they end off with Stephen Cannell is kind of famous within his various TV shows that he's had they would have this logo at the end where he is typing furiously on his typewriter and flings a piece of paper in the air which then turns into the C of his Cannell Productions logo or whatever it's called so Mm -hmm. they end off the bit with him doing that and then Nathan typing furiously on his laptop and throwing it across the room (laughs) which doesn't work nearly as well but he says, yeah, I think you're ready (laughs) <laughs> I was wondering what that meant
0: <laughs> I have to say one of the few things that I don't like about Kate Beckett is her shoes and that's mm. mostly because cops don't wear shoes like that ever yeah I
1: did notice on a couple of occasions like what she's wearing heels
0: what you can't I'm not even... It's not even that they're heels. It's that they're really tall heels. It's just like, you can't run in those... It's really hard to put those crime scene baggies on heels. And it's unrealistic for the character to be wearing heels that Mm -hmm. high. I'm okay with wedges or maybe something that's a little more working girl-ish. But not heels like that.
3: I think they actually make a few references to that, I think, in later seasons or something. They
0: do, but but at the same time, it's just kind of like, uh, okay, I guess we have to play out the Nikki Heat side
3: and a little
1: slutty. A little
0: slutty.
1: Well, I noticed in episode two, the outfit that she was wearing, she looked like a bondage queen. <laughs> Just this, the leather jacket and the all-black outfit. It and was, the gloves. And the gloves. It was kind of hot, actually. But I was like, really? Okay. Well, I guess. Well, she's good at bossing men around, uh, as we as we learn in episode three.
0: Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's see. I love when Castle's ex-wife comes to visit.
2: Oh, God. The, deep-fried the deep-fried
0: Twinkie. <laughs>
4: the first mm-hmm.
2: ex-wife. Yes. yes. Alexis' mother. Yes. Has left and gone off to travel the world. And, <laughs> comes back. No, I guess not quite. But
0: And calls him kitten. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Kate tries to call him kitten. <laughs> Castle just puts his foot down. <laughs>
3: Well, she doesn't actually listen to him until the end when he saves her life but he uses that well, it's, for it's,
0: his... well and you know what I want never yeah. call me kitten <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which just plays into the sexual tension and the sexual tension here I think what I like about it is that it's blatant it's not cutesy. They don't try and hide it. It's right there in your face from the very first episode.
0: Yeah. And, you know, every time the sexual attention's brought up, he's just like, We're not together yet. And Kip's like, We're not together. At all. At all. Ever. <laughs> Forever.
3: <laughs> well, there are a few nice scenes, like, I think episode seven when they're at the gun range and Castle's pretending to oh, not know how to was shoot. Awesome. Yeah. But, like, his little, he shoots too soon and Beckett's response, We could always just cuddle. well what i i thought was funny he shoots the target misses
1: second shot takes him in the crotch which is just (laughs) wrong and (laughs) they make that bet and he just nails the next three in the 10 yeah it was great he was playing it down playing into her sense of superiority over him yeah yeah and trying his best to keep her off balance which he's very good at
2: He is. And she Um. is reciprocally.
0: Yeah, she tries to keep him off balance as much, too. As I said, she can give as much as she gets, Uh which is really kind of interesting. Do we want to talk about Ryan and Esposito?
1: Sure. We can mention them a little bit. They're effective. They're not particularly creative. We don't really get a lot of them.
0: I feel like they're not
1: really
0: really established that much until season two.
1: They're supporting characters. I mean, I was in episode three, and I still hadn't caught Ryan's name. Kevin Ryan. Yeah, I did watch the the behind-the-scenes feature, so I I did pick that up. And it does come in later on, but
2: in my notes, I literally have a blank spot. I have Esposito and blank are (laughs) (laughs) The interesting thing there is that in their original treatment, I guess you say, not a full pilot, which they actually shot in New York, Kevin Ryan's character didn't exist. So when they ended up expanding it into the pilot episode, they inserted a bunch of scenes shot in L.A., and they have bits that were shot in New York and bits that were shot in L.A., and all of the stuff featuring Ryan is from L.A. And because Seamus Dever was the new guy, he got... Unmercifully razzed by the rest of them. And they also introduced that Kevin Ryan is the new guy. So he mm-hmm. keeps getting all the <laughs> grunt work jobs. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm glad that they expanded it because it's kind of nice to have the stereotypical Irish cop in there. Esposito yeah.
1: um, and Ryan work well as a pair. They play off each other like Castle and Beckett play off each other.
0: Yeah, they're it, just not. It would
1: feel a little empty without one of them there.
4: I think it would, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah. Although Esposito and Beckett also have a different relationship because they're the ones who have been together and been working together for a number of years. They sort of have a brother-sister thing going on. Especially in the early episodes when things start coming to light about Beckett's mother and such. He has a little moment where he talks to her about that. It's just a scene between the two of them. And mm-hmm.
0: I feel like so. Esposito watches everybody's back. And that's like his job on the little team that they've got going is that he's there to watch everybody's back.
2: Yeah, he strikes me very much as the morale officer. And they do yeah. certainly add things. It's largely a show about Castle and Beckett, but the rest what of is- the team is there and definitely contributes. Their Emmy is a very fun character. I enjoy her. Oh, yes. Uh, I
0: love Lainey. One of my few points, I agree that Ryan and Esposito don't really add a lot to season one, but one of my favorite points that I did want to bring up is the free furniture conversation. Yes,
2: um, that was hysterical.
0: (laughs) (laughs) in In episode four, They're going through the
2: dumpsters because that's what the low totem cops do.
0: (laughs) It's also the fact that in an urban city, it's so typical to go get free furniture when you're a student or poor or you need a new bookshelf or something and you can't afford one. And I just kind of love the whole concept of this debate going on of, oh, you know that favorite red couch that you love so much? Yeah, I got I it got off. I got off the street. <laughs> yeah. off the street.
1: <laughs> we are never playing. Oh, what was the Madden? We are never playing Madden at your place again.
0: <laughs> and just the—that's such a very realistic conversation to have. Just because I've had that conversation with people.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a great moment also in the last episode where we have a great moment from Beckett where we just literally see the lights go on and she's figured out she's missing something. And immediately the next scene is her frantically working over their board and Castle kind of comes in and is surprised to see everybody standing there. And Ryan and Esposito say, yeah, well, we've been there since six this morning. She's had like... Twelve double espressos it's really kind of scary can we talk
1: about the espresso (laughs) Uh, oh yes
2: in the early episodes castle is completely and utterly put
3: off by their terrible coffee
1: he says it tastes like a monkey peed in battery acid
3: (laughs) what's great is he uh takes several sips to come up with just the right way to say it. Mm
0: -hmm. i feel like the writers really have fun with castle as a writer would come up with more verbose ways to say things
4: Mm
1: -hmm. more Mm -hmm. poetic more evocative
0: but so he hates the coffee and he decides to buy them this really expensive espresso machine
1: (laughs) an espresso intenso machine (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Um,
2: and beckett professes to hate it just on principle because he's gone and changed her bullpen this is a horrible Mm -hmm. thing and then at the end of the episode you see her Kind of sneaking a cup yeah. and trying not to let him night. notice.
1: Well, it's the middle <laughs> of the night. There's absolutely no one around. She gives in, goes in and gets one, and then instantly he pops up. Yeah.
4: <laughs> of course.
2: <laughs> so the espresso machine has become a fixture by the end, and she's been mm-hmm. making liberal use of it. And everyone and loves it. I forget what the lead-in to the point was. Oh, yes, they'd worked out that somebody at this doctor's clinic must be involved somehow. And they're going through, where was everybody? What are all their alibis at this time? And the one guy was stalking patient files. And they're sort of, why why would he be stalking patient files at 6.30 in the afternoon, whatever time it was? And Ryan just has this little line, he says, well that's what happens when you're a low man on the totem pole, people think they can call you in at 6am on a Saturday yeah. <laughs> that was a great
0: line
1: <laughs> it was and it's, it's good character writing because that's the sort of smart ass comment the low man would say and it's something that he would think of that nobody else would
0: Right. You know, when we continue this podcast to seasons two and three and eventually four, I look forward to talking about Ryan and Esposito more just because they do become a lot more established.
1: Mm -hmm. But in the Um, first season, they're very much secondary characters.
0: They're very much kind of supporting. They have
1: their moments and you hope that they'll get development in later seasons because what we do get of them is so good. Mm Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that in the first season, we need to meet and identify with the main characters first.
0: Right.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
3: One of the things I noticed was in the first and a little bit in the second episode, a lot of the uh, background cops, they'd have this one line, this other line. But then after the first few episodes, the only people who you really hear speak are the main characters, like Mm -hmm. Ryan Esposito and them.
2: Yeah, I think there was another background cop in the pilot because they didn't have Ryan at that point. So he had another line that they kept from the New York shoot and stuff like
1: that. Well,. One thing I got to say, I like speaking of secondary and tertiary characters, is the Emmy. We see her outside of the lab or the morgue. Mm-hmm. We, we see her in real situations. She's over there helping Kate pick out a dress to wear and so on we see her in the real world
0: i really like that because she's the only other girl in the precinct so of course they would be friends of course they would bond over that fact and kind of socialize a little bit i do like the fact that when she's out on a scene she's normally very upset to be out on a scene (laughs) i remember in the third episode they ask her how she is cold, because <laughs> mm-hmm. if the M.E. is out there, they're going to be out there for hours processing the body and getting it ready to move.
2: And this is the body that has been frozen in a freezer. or that's no, this episode was, five.
0: Uh, he was in a, like, a boat on yeah. the water.
2: Uh, was it a boat a boat?
0: It was a boat boat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it was. And yes, there's episode five where a literal corpsicle has been found on some scaffolding in a construction site and she has to be kind of perching up there looking for things because they can't move it at this point and
0: Mm -hmm. right
2: that was good they have some pretty impressive stunt actors in castle as well things like that the guy who had to not breathe while he had a plastic bag over his head uh, various other stuff like that Yeah. Let's see. We haven't really talked about Castle's family, which is another great sort of portion of that because a lot of procedurals, you will get some touches of this detective goes home and says goodnight to his daughter or whatever, but it's rarely as... It doesn't impact as much on the series, and yeah, you don't get as much of it. Um Whereas at least three times that I can think of, Alexis has said something whether in response to a conversation she's having or just off the cuff, that twigs Castle's process of figuring out what's gone on.
0: And without any insight to crime or how that world works, she is okay. just saying something innocuous. And-
3: any insight beyond the discussions that her father inevitably had with her about his books over the years.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but sure she comes did, across but... as someone who doesn't know a whole lot about that world, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. At the oh.
1: same time, though, she's way too cynical and jaded to be 15. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know some cynical
0: 15 year olds. What I really like about Alexis is I was so I was so afraid in the first few episodes that she was going to turn basically into Hermione, that just all about studying. And, but but the fact yeah, that like a boy was introduced, yeah. and it was just like, oh my gosh, this is not Hermione. <laughs> The, the fact that she does have a 15-year-old side, it's just that I think she's a little bit cynical just because, well, her dad's been through two divorces in her lifetime, Mm-hmm. And she lives in New York, which I'm so sure adds a little bit of cynicism <laughs> in there. And just her dad deals with a very cynical part of life, which is murder and death. Probably rubs off a little bit on her. She yeah. is a little too cynical for, for 15, but I think she lightens up a lot once she meets oh, Ashley.
1: When the writers get more comfortable with her character. Yeah. I like how she's suspicious of Rick's relationship with Kate.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so what's really going on
0: (laughs) no no what's really going on like just kind like always knowing that there's something more I also like that she doesn't like the fact that her father is, is researching quote unquote at the 12th precinct I think that kind of shows that she is very aware of the danger that goes on in the city and she's kind of afraid to lose her father
1: well, God, you hope kids are aware of the dangers of the city.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And,
2: you know, she has her glowing moments and such, especially in the last episode, because she gets to go to the prom, and that's yeah. amazing. I did like that. She get to... Act all girly and, and such. I
0: love the know. laser tag.
2: The laser
1: tag was awesome. <laughs> yes. And then Martha wearing her mask and everyone yeah. rushes the door to see who
0: it is. <laughs> that was great. Martha asks, How old are you? And Rick uh, answers, Old enough to afford top of the line laser tag.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exact. Martha is just great. I have to admit, she annoyed me a little bit in the first episode or so. But mm-hmm. really, as it's gone on, she's just. A lot just, of fun
1: she told his publisher and his ex-wife that he was having writer's block that's ooh, that's low ball i love mm-hmm.
0: martha as a character i think she's witty and she's sharp and she reminds me of this very classy old school type of actress like grace kelly or priscilla lane that you don't really see a lot anymore she's very dramatic and overly theatrical all the time but she definitely gets real and chips her down and she keeps, you don't choose uh, the theater. The theater, theater chooses, 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 chooses you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she definitely keeps her son's ego in check and keeps him kind of grounded, which she keeps <laughs> very seriously. She's very good at
3: <laughs> trick. such yeah. as when she hunted down the only negative review. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This book. It could possibly... Well, I liked,
1: speaking of the review, I like when Alexis reads the positive review to him and she says she's very proud of him.
0: Yeah. That I, was I love, really I, touching. I love that moment. Just the tone that she uses when she says, I'm proud of you. It's just so genuine and beautiful.
1: I think he needs that because there are times when he does show his vulnerability. Like in the beginning of episode three, he's hiding in the precinct watching Kate do paperwork mm-hmm. on the day his book comes out.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He's nervous as all A lot of his hell. goofy is, is a shield for insecurity. Mm-hmm. That's why he's as over the top and dramatic as he is in some ways.
0: Well, I think in some ways his mother has rubbed off on him.
2: Well, that too. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Although she he um, did have a nanny apparently.
0: I also like I love the fact that Castle doesn't know who his father is. Mhm. <laughs> um
2: and neither does Martha.
0: <laughs> and neither does Martha.
1: <laughs> or if she Which does she tells you a few she, things. If she does, she's not saying.
0: Yeah. Apparently there's some hints this season. I'm just very... I don't want to be spoiled because I got behind because of finals and I'm one of those people that has to watch every single episode in order. So now I have to wait for the DVD to come out. (laughs) I'm dying to know what happens. Because this is uh, one of those things of, ooh, he doesn't know what his father is. That's very mysterious and kind of one of those things of, I wonder why he hasn't tried to solve that mystery before.
1: I get the feeling that there's way too many suspects. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I like the moment when Alexis gets freaked out and confesses to jumping the turnstile. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love that moment.
3: Mm-hmm. And then she grounds herself. Yes. Of course, in a week after the yeah. trip is and over. The punishment is mandatory ice cream for
2: breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is not so good at the punishment side of things, necessarily.
1: Although, maybe he really is, because she punishes herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he's I not have- taking her seriously.
0: I feel like she takes herself too seriously, and it's kind of a nice dynamic, because her father's there... To keep her kind of still fifteen a little bit. I love the conversation in the pilot where he's, you know, well, I remember when I was fifteen. Oh wait, I can't tell that story. It's highly inappropriate.
1: I think he has a lot of inappropriate stories.
0: <laughs> but I mean, and and you know, and he's just like, which is entirely my my point. You should have inappropriate stories to tell to not tell your kids
2: <laughs> until they're much older. Yes. Mhm. I would be interested to see a 19-year-old Rick Castle <laughs> spin-off thing. I don't know. I'm not sure if it could it could last very long, but it would be fun for an episode like or a, two like at least. Like a
0: comic book maybe? Yeah, comic maybe that
2: book. would work. Somebody writes a one-shot.
0: Yeah. I've looked, there's not a lot of good Castle fanfic. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's because the show is so phenomenal.
0: Yeah. There's nothing to fix, so all the good authors are doing other things. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've read some good crossovers, but they're usually pretty short, just encounters and things. With a lot I, I, various stuff. It's often Buffy because he played Caleb, but I like that some of the best ones actually don't trade on that, mm-hmm. so he actually doesn't look like Caleb, but there are some good ones where he does as well, trading on the castle girly scream response to. Uh, <laughs>
3: things. I actually read one that was a crossover with Chuck Castle's popular CIA theory. Actually, ends up being true. <laughs> He's of course insufferable about it. Oh jeez! Um, probably one of the best ones I had was it's. It was actually a pretty epic length. It's three hundred fifty thousand words, and Holy it was shit. a yeah. And they wrote it in about six months or something. It looks like it's completely AU. You know the line about Beckett's standing in line for hours to get her book signed. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes off that. And the uh, I guess the point it branches off is that Alexis runs into her when she's headed to the bathroom or something. And she ends up taking care of Alexis while Castle's doing the book stuff. And so she gets to know Castle years and years before the series starts. And then well, that's okay. interesting. It's, it's a very interesting, fairly in character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously some differences since there's huge things that happened in between. But it was very interesting. And it's, I think, done yeah. right now. The last chapter was pretty much the very beginning of the series, like just before the pilot. That's nice. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I can't remember what the best one I read recently was, because I don't, I don't think it was a Buffy one. It was something else kind of in that vein where weird things happen. Oh, it was Sorcerer's Apprentice. Castle and Beckett get called to the scene of Drake Stone being passed out and almost dead from the Nicolas Cage movie, Sorcerer's Apprentice, That's and have to deal with w- how weird things have now happened in New York. It odd. worked out pretty well, actually. It's not something I would have expected, but, yeah, it was pretty good. So, Alexis. Mm-hmm. Alexis loves her mom, but can't stand her. Yes
1: and i thought the scene where she gets called to the principal's office because her grandfather has passed away was so horrible and the mother just takes her from school oh we're going shopping yay it's like i have a test and i, I love the description of meredith who is her mother as the deep fried twinkie
0: uh just for the record have you guys ever had a deep fried twinkie
1: i have not
2: no I haven't I've had, had deep a deep fried Twinkie.
3: Oreos.
0: You you guys all need to have a deep fried Twinkie someday because it's so good.
2: I've never Post just is closed now I I don't think they're making them anymore.
0: I don't care. They can do generic. I'm sure generic has there's some <laughs> generic form of Twinkie that you can deep fry. Anyway, it's
3: <laughs> Twinkies you should easily be able to find one lying around that's edible for decades to come. Yes. The only reason they have an expiration date on them is because they're
1: required to by law. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and that scares me. I don't actually want to have one. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is disgusting, but you do know what the filling
2: is, right? No. It's whipped pig fat. Okay. <laughs> it tastes
0: really good. It's There's, I mean, so, horrible is, fork. so is bacon.
2: I love bacon.
3: <laughs> bacon. If you love bacon, you should uh, go to Geek. They've got Tons of bacon-themed stuff. I know. I've, speaking, I've seen, uh, speaking I saw this
1: bumper sticker the other day. It said, what's the deal with bacon? And I took a picture and sent it to Facebook with my caption, if you have to ask, it's already too late for, <laughs> for <you."
3: laughs>
0: Oh, I love bacon so much. I had bacon today for lunch.
3: I've got to say, though, I Think Geek takes it a little too far with their bacon soap. Yeah,
0: I'm not, yep. that's not show. taking
3: it too far.
1: Taking it too far is the bacon lover slash Star Wars geek who made an ATAT out of bacon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's just a waste of bacon. Why would Why would you use it for that instead of just eating it?
2: Because they can.
0: But but it's it's. What you have bacon. to
2: do is you have to do is make a Millennium Falcon and then pretend to be a space slug. Then you're fine.
0: <laughs> Spe- speaking of Think Geek. Did you guys see that the Castle onion goggles are sold on ThinkGeek? Onion goggles? One of the Alexis scenes is Castle and Alexis chopping onions for something.
2: Oh, they need goggles because, yeah. And
0: onions. they're wearing goggles, and those goggles are sold on ThinkGeek for like $20. These goggles have been featured on several TV shows. I think it was on Modern Family for a scene.
1: There you go. Oh my goodness. Well, in the chat, I have shared the link to the Bacon ATAT and also to a Bacon
3: Skyrim helmet. Yeah, that helmet is terrifying.
0: (laughs) is, isn't it? Oh dear. I just want to eat that thing.
3: (laughs) I know,
2: right? I don't think you would by now. It's a little old.
0: Fine. Why would people waste bacon like that?
1: I don't know.
2: Alexis's mother definitely did serve a purpose, though, because this is sort of holding up a mirror to the people and saying, "You think Castles a lax parent? Look at her. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. she uh, she just took. This is an irresponsible parent right
3: here. Yeah, with the uh, little casual mention that she once took Alexis out for lunch in Paris." Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they weren't in Paris at the time.
1: <laughs> Correct. Yes, flew to Paris for lunch. Seems to me that they would arrive in time for dinner, you know? hmm But whatever. Yeah. It's still a funny story.
4: Yeah, it just...
1: And I like how we get the introduction to Meredith, too. The episode opens and Rick and her are shagging, and they are going all over the place. They are hot. <laughs> and they're Furniture's falling it.
0: off the place.
1: Yeah, they're falling off the bed and stuff. And they're comparing this when they're done co- to the other times that they've had sex. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. top, 10?
4: Mm-hmm. No, really top, the top ten? No, maybe top twenty.
1: And then they start <laughs>
2: recounting the top ten. They're like, oh yeah, oh oh yes, yes. Mm. So there's something there, but it doesn't. they have good physical chemistry. I, they've got physical chemistry. But I
0: love what Castle said. Let me tell you something about crazy people. The sex is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, dear.
2: I don't think that's a universal truth, exactly. No, but... but
0: (laughs) I just think it's a really clever line.
2: I'm going to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Uh,
0: You'd be wise. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. What do people think about Beckett's ex-boyfriend, the FBI agent?
1: Oh, he was boring. Just as a, not as a character boring, but personality wise, he was very, very boring.
0: I feel like he was very typical FBI, just kind of like all about the job and Mm -hmm. no offense to the guys on the line, but kind of the stereotypical guy that puts the job before the girl and expects the girls to follow.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was a useful arc, though. It was kind of fun seeing, particularly seeing Beckett and how she reacts differently around this guy than she does around Castle. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually much more relaxed with... I can't remember his name, that's a good indicator, <laughs> um, but... Um, I, I've got it here somewhere, go ahead.
0: FBI, dude.
2: Yes, because he isn't a challenge to her, I guess, is one way to put it. She, she's not worried about him. And especially it gives great contrast in the last scene of the season. He's been shot and is recovering, she's there with him, just laughing and having a great time... And Castle is the one who has to come in and kill the mood, which is Mm -hmm. very odd for Castle. But it's one of the few times that he is utterly and completely serious. Mm -hmm. And that's where the series ends. You, You don't actually get to see how completely does she react, will they... Manage to work together again after this, etc. So she's forth.
0: told him that it's over. If he he looked into her mother's case, and he he's already looked into her mother's case. So, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I liked how the, it was Esposito who gave him the case file, and mm-hmm.
0: him telling it. If you tell her that I gave this to you, then you're dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, and not For by she, him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she'll kill you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about Joanna Beckett's case?
1: I think it's very interesting. I like how Rick has the expert, whoever he is. And Dr. He, Death. Dr. Death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how it's played by Robert Picardo.
0: I love that mm-hmm. it's played by Robert Picardo. I love
1: Robert Picardo. He is not just an awesome, awesome actor. And he looks at this, figures it all out, and says, yeah, no, the original M.E. on this was all wrong. This was murder, not just some random gang bullshit. And it really makes you wonder why. And then you find out at the end of the episode that there's a pattern and she was murdered by a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that gives us a hook into next season.
0: I kind of like the series and the fact that it plays with what's a typical murder versus what's a freaky murder and what do people expect and we've been told all season long that it was a random death it was a gang murder and when most of us most of the time you're told it's a serial killer right off the bat and just the fact that it's hard to solve this cold case is no. kind of gratifying in a, in a, in a strange way
1: mm-hmm. by the way the fbi agent's name is will yeah I, mean, uh-huh. I
0: don't care I'm, I'm still calling him fbi dude
1: that's fine <laughs> But for those who care
0: i um, do like the fact that they have the sprinkles moments yes Mm -hmm.
1: that was tremendously cute and these two were together for some length of time we're not sure what but they know each other fairly well and even though they're broken up now they still know each other very well enough Mm -hmm. to get the coffee the right way to get sprinkles on the donuts they can work together and Mm -hmm. it's i mean i i can feel this in my own life i was with my previous girlfriend for four years there are things we know about each other there are jokes that we have that no one else can understand and we'll we'll forever have that even though we've
2: both moved on yeah. Mm-hmm. And he also gives Castle the opportunity to say, oh, I can
3: see why it doesn't work. He's too much the male you.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. Ying Yang is harmony. Ying Ying is a name for a panda.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, God, that's
2: funny. And it's interesting because he actually does look somewhat like her, like they have the same facial structure between Beckett and Will, the FBI dude
0: and then, You know, so, yeah. Castle's not wrong, they are very similar in personality
2: They are, probably what brought them together at one point but-
0: Yeah
1: They're very attracted to each other because they're the same sort I like how there's the scene where they get together in the park or on the bench or whatever and he's like, alright, so this is the part where you ask me to abuse my position, right? Yep. He knows her that well. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've brought me donuts. What are you up to? <laughs> exactly. And I love the meeting that gets set up as a
2: result of that. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely and it- cliche meeting. I don't yeah. Oh, Don't tell me they're going to drive up in an SUV with tinted windows. <laughs> a, black a black suburb. The the
1: black SUV. It's, it's in a parking garage. It's like, come on, guy. <laughs> and then you realize that it's a commentary on lots of other shows, and it's a commentary on the FBI, because they're not very Mm -hmm. creative.
2: Love your car, it's very inconspicuous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nondescript. I I, 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 I do love that the writers of castle very blatantly use the show to commentate on how almost basic these shows have become that it's almost like plugging values into an equation that's like we're gonna have x character and y character and then we've got our our show because it's the same show over and over again just with different characters so to have them say we're gonna ignore that kind of an equation, and and say we're gonna make it about the characters and not make it about the cases. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. One That's of weird. the very first things that Beckett says is, "Why bother shadowing someone? Why not just watch TV?" He says, mm, "I've watched TV. They seem obsessed with their sunglasses."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great nod to CSI Miami. Oh, A man.
2: certain competing Monday night show. <clears throat> yep.
0: Oh, hello. Uh, One thing I do note that kind of gets played up, especially in season one, is they put way too much effort into profiling procedure because profiling rarely, if ever, actually pans out. It's really hard to actually accurately profile somebody to say this kind of person commits arson and this kind of person is doing this exact crime. They don't do too much in season one. I think the wheels don't really come off the wagon until like season two or three. But it is a little bit, oh, this person is who we're looking for, and then only look for that person, really.
2: You run into the problem or possibility of picking up someone just because they've hit the profile and nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah,
0: and it's just weird.
2: Uh, Let's see. Who else haven't we covered? Captain Montgomery. There's not a lot
1: of him. him. There's not enough to talk about, really.
4: Uh, Not, although
1: I do like how the captain, Castle, and the mayor are all going to the Knicks game. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. was funny.
2: I like I like the poker scene where all of them are around the table playing poker. Yes. Yeah. And Martha is there as well.
4: Yeah, of course. Mm. Of course,
1: because Because they're at Castle's place because he's got the big poker table. And of course, they
2: all want Beckett to destroy Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, I'll And he challenge hints- you to poker with your boss, your boss's boss, and his boss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and oh, the guy your warrants. Mm-hmm. It's uh, your boss, your boss's boss, and the guy that sends your warrants.
1: I did yeah, like at it, one right. point that they go to get a search warrant and Castle knows the judge.
0: Yeah, and they're talking about the him. golf course.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dan Castellanta, or however you pronounce his name, I can never get that right.
0: And they continue. Very and when fun. Beckett interrupts, they continue with the gulf analogy.
2: Mm-hmm. Very well, they use Beckett to...
0: playthrough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fun. They have a lot of fun guest stars on this.
0: They really do. Um, yeah, one sick. of the
2: things that I didn't know that was mentioned in the commentaries, the first victim's wife in the last episode the plastic surgeon's wife, was one of the girls that Nathan Fillion apparently killed as Caleb on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And he doesn't explain that, of course. He just says, oh, yes, uh, that girl, I stabbed her. And they're like, "Uh, on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) No, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Oh, okay, sure.
0: One thing that doesn't really get a whole lot of screen time in season one but is definitely present there is the consistency of the show i mean we've we've covered apples there's the fact that castle touches things which is just kind of fun that they keep consistently like you know oh he touches things as kind of an explanation of why he's exploring rooms and things in rooms
1: is a klepto he, he is a klepto. He steals <laughs> crime scene photos. He takes his own pictures, even though he's not supposed to.
0: One thing that I really did like that I that took a while for me to notice is in the second episode, Nanny McDead, while they're walking to the park to interview the other nanny, there is a poster on a light post, and it's a vote Jason Bollinger sign, which does not play out until Hell Hoth No Fury. And I got very excited because the, it, it's little touches like that that really make the show kind of come to life.
1: It's very cohesive.
0: And then there are more, there yeah. are. Many they really get into it in season two and three, as far as I've seen, to kind of yeah. keeping there's a Haley Blue t shirt in one of the episodes that comes before that episode, and several other things that are going on, so it's kind of interesting. Apparently,
2: and fun. they're very good at selling it being in New York. I can't say I can tell at all, but the people who are talking about it say it does really look like it's New York, even though most of the time it isn't.
0: It's not New York,
2: no, they're in LA. Wow, yeah. They no. did the pilot in New York, but most of the rest of it's in L.A. Oh, the actual shooting, you mean? Yeah. Okay, because I thought the show was set in New York. Yes,
1: it's, yeah, I it's thought the set show was... in
2: New York, yes, but yeah. not shot in New York.
0: Yeah, I thought the show was filmed in New York. It definitely nope, looks true. like New York. But, okay. I mean, I think L.A. and Portland both have become kind of, you can shoot any, like, it looks like any anything at this point.
4: Yeah, well, at
3: least it's not up in Vancouver. Yeah. Aw, gee.
0: Damn those Canadians. Oh wait, I can't say that on <laughs> yeah. <have> this podcast. <laughs> that,
3: that reminds me of something I didn't realize for a while, that both Nathan Fillion and Stana Kotick, who plays Beckett, they're both Canadian. I didn't realize that for the longest time. Groovy. <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: I like Stana's name. That's very original.
0: It's Croatian.
3: Ah. I did not know that. That's awesome. How did you learn that? Vicky. Actually, it was an interview thing where it was just Nathan and Stana Answering questions from that people had sent in.
0: I learned it from Wikipedia.
3: There you go. (laughs) Wikipedia Wikipedia knows knows all.
0: The other thing that they did wrong is they made this big deal in A Chill Runs Through Her Veins about how the husband didn't file a missing persons report for a whole 24 hours. You can't officially file a missing persons report for the first 48 hours because mm-hmm. they might be off doing something else and you can't say they're missing when they're at yeah. Chelsea Pier or whatever. I actually
1: um, thought it was three days.
0: It depends on where you are, State, but usually yeah. it's 48 to... I don't know how many, three hours, 72 hours. So it's like 48 to 72 hours you can file a report, but you have to wait a while. So this whole like...
1: If you go on that first day or after the one day, they'll tell you to come back in another day. They'll
0: tell you to just come back. They won't even file any paperwork. They'll just tell you to come back. So this whole like, he waited more than a day to file a report. It was just like, uh, yeah, we didn't care. (laughs) He was... You're not supposed to. So, But generally, they are pretty good at, about that kind of stuff. It's just one of those things of they're trying to shove it down your throat, and you're just like, no, that's, that's actually how it's supposed to go. I like, like
2: that here. Castle's contacts are not nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like f- you're talking about the mobster? Mm-hmm. I love him the mobster. And the first uh, safe the first guy, it just completely tricks him as well. The jewel thief there. Yeah. And his little and bit Paolo of revenge against again.
3: Powell. Paolo. Powell. Yes, that's it. And his yeah. little bit of revenge against Rick at the auction. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> bringing Martha
1: along, that was, that was hysterical. <laughs> the miscommunication and the mistaking. The, oh, you, you are involved with this. Uh, people are dead. What? I only brought Martha.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I liked in that episode how an evening with Rick went for $7,000. <laughs>
0: And I like how there was a gentleman in the crowd who wanted...
2: <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> <was> so fabulous. <laughs> he, he offers it to pay fabulous. Beckett to bid for him, and she absolutely refuses.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, the writing on the show is just so absolutely... Yeah. Well, you can tell lo- that the writers are fun.
2: I loved the dress that
1: Beckett was wearing that night. Such and all the detectives she looked fantastic and <laughs> all of the detectives thought that she would interrogate the suspect in the sexy dress. Yeah.
0: Uh, I love the fact that Ryan and Esposito are working the rope line because they have to, because they're the little man on the tumble hall and she steps out and their mouths just drop.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing from that episode when she takes down the guy at the end after Castle is fighting with him. Mm -hmm. Her line of, go ahead, I need the practice. I was waiting to bring
1: that up. That is so hysterical. (laughs) And it it really brings to mind Dirty Harry.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, make my day. And and what I like, like, when Castle remarks on the same thing, and she rolls her eyes at him, what I really like, though, is that, at least in my opinion, her saying that line is evidence of Castle's influence on her in the first six episodes, Yes. I don't think she would have said that in the first episode. No, yeah. she did have something funny that
2: she said, or that she's trying.
1: to stop running the campaigns over. That was pretty clever.
2: Another favorite one from early on, it's the one where Castle was handcuffed into the car and then ends up chasing the guy down the alley and gets a gun to his head and just takes him out with his elbow. Immediately after that, he has a very cool, dramatic moment, and then he says, Tell me you saw that. (laughs) Uh, That That was apparently a a Nathan ad-lib, because he just thought that would... uh, Well,
1: a great actor can add that sort of thing to the scene. I like the line where he's being held at gunpoint, and he's like, shoot him, shoot him! And afterwards, uh, everything is played out, and he's like, yeah, the safety was on. You couldn't have told me that? Yeah, it would have ruined the moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Always looking for the story.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, another great thing is Castle's little tidbits of knowledge and stuff. I think one of my favorites from this season is the tragedy originally meant goat song. And his little, bad things must have happened to that goat. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines from season one, probably. It's very obscure. Yeah. You have to we wonder where the writers it. get these things, too. Wikipedia.
1: We Maybe. S- we speak of things that get played. The line "Don't leave town." Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he just has so a cool great best. time with that. He does. He's like, you can say that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As long I like. They don't him. test it.
0: I like. This is a homicide investigation, not a day at Disneyland.
1: <laughs> I like Kate. Here I am looking for evidence when all I had to do was make something up.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course. That always leads to the right answer, didn't you know?
0: Of course, yes, of course.
2: I also like Castle's bulletproof vest.
0: Oh, I love his blubber vest. Yeah, I was
1: just looking at my note for that. Yes, writer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to know: Did he buy his own vest, or did he get one issued to him somehow? I don't he think. I'm pretty sure he bought it. He bought his own. It
0: was established. He said he ordered it online.
1: Oh, okay, okay. That's just awesome because. He's smart enough to know that he might need one of these. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's pretty smart. Because for him he keeps to have going one. in
1: rooms he's not supposed to go in. Exactly, and he, when he stays behind, the guy with the gun shows up. So he's just a magnet for trouble. Yep. Yep. But I, I will jump off of the bulletproof vest. Point. You ever notice how none of the named characters ever seems to wear a helmet when they go in on these things?
0: No. But that's mm. the very typical of any TV-otic. crime procedural.
1: I know, but you see all the backup is all wearing helmets and <laughs> full gear, and they just have the one vest on. It's
0: like, yeah, because that's how you end up not dead.
2: Exactly. Just uh, I don't know if it's the writers, the actor. It's probably a combination, but I I really enjoy how they do all of this.
0: I think it's the fact that the SWAT helmets don't read very well on TV, and it's hard to identify which characters are the main characters. Oh, it's
2: entirely
1: because of filming purposes, but it's just it drags me out whenever I see it. And you look behind, you see ten guys all in full riot gear with shields and stuff, and they're with the one vest and the pistol. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I mean, but. And they're so, in front. <laughs> a, as a counter to that, it has to be semi-readable because I've got to, you know, we've, we've got to bring out the sci-fi at some point in this episode. I mean, in Stargate, they use their tactical gear from time to time, and you can still tell who's who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess to some degree, the only two guys that are main characters, one has glasses on and one does not, so.
2: I think they should have an episode, whether on Castle or something else where they actually make use of that, have the people in all the gear, and fool you as to who is who before they take their helmets off.
0: They've done that on leverage, but they haven't done that on a procedural yet. And they did that in Ocean's Eleven. So it's been done.
2: That'd be a fun point anyway.
0: It would be. I would really enjoy seeing that.
2: I also like... There's just all sorts of good things with their interactions with each other, because Castle is so... Well, not entirely, but very different... He's coming from a very different point than all of the police detectives and officers. So he brings something completely different to everything, even though he does have some crime experience through writing about it. And they react to each other in various different ways. The point I'm thinking of right now is Beckett... Talking down the young woman in Nanny McDead, and she's being very gentle and persuasive and really opening herself up emotionally about these things, and then just completely in the middle of a sentence, switches to, and I will shoot you if you move any further from that door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because yeah. she can tell he's already She's
1: got awareness I don't think she heard the door or anything She just knows he's there
0: Right I have to say that Nanny McDead's one of my favorite plots Because it's such a sad And yet very typical story And the ending line of What that guy did has consequences Only he gets to just walk away You don't get the happy ending really with that You just kind of have to sit there And contemplate the fact that People commit murder for a reason, and a lot of times the reason behind their murder is logical, and the people who wronged them get to just walk away most of the time.
1: Oh, something that I really enjoyed in episode 8 was how the writer, Lee Wax, set up this whole thing, and nothing she did was illegal, but it was slimy And it makes for a much more interesting true crime story. And Rick figures out that this is what she's done. And he revokes her all access pass. And as she's walking away, he says, and the thing about this is I'm going to use this in a book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the look on her face when he says that is just so priceless.
1: Oh, it
2: is. She just just (laughs) burns her. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. But
2: she deserves it, because, yeah, without her pushing the first snowball, none of this would have happened.
0: Well, the fact that she let everybody know that this person was still alive, who wronged the entire world.
2: And here's her address.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to talk about the music?
2: We can. (laughs) Music is fun. I enjoy that.
0: A lot of the rhythm of the episodes, they use music that would tie in well with what was going on in the scene or the tone or something, like the cutting of the onions. I remember the music that was going on had that kind of very choppy kind of a beat going on. They just very much mesh it very well, and I kind of really enjoy it. It doesn't stick out too much unless you pay attention to it, but I really kind of think that they paired it well.
3: Yeah, and mm-hmm. one of the something that I didn't notice until this very last rewatch was uh, episode 8 with the uh, ghost rider. The song that is playing at the start when you see the body in the motor oil bath, that song is playing in the background of the uh, poker game that is the next scene. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot quieter mm-hmm. and you can barely hear it, but nice little connector thing very that I good, didn't notice until good. just now.
2: They've still got the. yeah, somebody else has the radio on mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. good continuity Mm -hmm. and really who thinks of mandolin there they go it really adds an interesting flavor to all of their stuff that's what the sort of castle hijinks sound is is somebody with the mandolin
0: Mm -hmm. yeah they definitely have a mesh of different sounds in there always by retail definitely has a little more of a world music kind of feel to it which ties in with the fact that a lot of their characters were from nigeria so that makes it. a little more sense by the way scott did you notice who the guest actor was in always by retail the, are you it, was, about... it was partisan um, from leverage yeah and
3: I've oh yes
2: i did way. yes I noticed that this rewatch when I was watching it with my parents, yeah.
0: They have good guest stars that you recognize from other places.
2: I
1: haven't seen Leverage, so I wouldn't have recognized.
0: No, it's a good show, you you should should watch that. that. Mm. And then we can do a podcast on Leverage.
1: (laughs) I have so much on the (laughs) list, you have no idea.
0: Oh, I think I know, but it's okay.
1: I like in one interrogation scene, she says, Kate Beckett, NYPD, Richard Castle, just NY.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And he's a special consultant, or or whatever he is.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: And it's interesting which characters that they go to, they have recognized who Rick Castle is. Mm. Yes. In the last one, I I keep coming back to that because I've watched it most recently, but they get into the van and they have the big dramatic pose where they're turning to the back and says, Hey, Beckett, this is Richard Castle. Richard Castle, like the author? Yes, exactly, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good.
0: I also love the fact that everywhere he goes, people are angry at him for killing off (laughs) Darkstorm. Well,
1: I wanted to get into this when we brought it up earlier. I'd like to take a few moments to do it now. I like that. He's got a character in a series at the height of popularity and he made a very hard decision to kill this character off and the character is at a high point yeah it calls to mind the old greek saying die now die now in the throes of this happiness so that you will never know the pain of its loss and derek storm is at a high point he's a great cash cow for castle here and he could have done more with this but he felt he had no more stories to tell
3: rather well, than dragging it out for money he yeah, ended dragging it before it, for- it got bad and everyone ended up hating it yeah exactly well, I mean, he's got a number of really positive books that
1: sold very well and he doesn't mm-hmm. have the one that everyone says oh that was the stinker
0: I think the shock factor of it is kind of that 30 seconds of the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows where everyone's just like, what? Harry died?
1: Exactly. And I like how everyone across the spectrum, from fans to... Russians. To Russians, to the... Um, um, my brain is not working, and I haven't drank very much wine either. The and other authors. The other authors. Thank you, that's what I was reaching for. They all think, oh, you should have crippled him, or... Uh, or something. Just you know, retired injured, him. Retired. Yeah. Injured him, you know you know, not killed him. That's too drastic. No, 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 no.
2: <laughs> so What it brings to mind for me is Sherlock Holmes because Conan Doyle basically came <laughs> off because everybody was asking for Holmes, and he was bored by him and that's kind of how castle feels mm-hmm. in conan doyle's case he really felt like he had other work that was better and nobody was paying attention to it but still castle was just feeling like he's got this formula and he's been going with this formula and it's just the same thing and nothing ever nothing's it's not fun anymore mm-hmm. no. right
1: and i think castle is the guy who's all about fun oh yeah if he's not having fun, he doesn't want to do it.
0: He owns laser tag. Let's let's establish this castle as the guy who likes to have fun.
1: He's a nine-year-old on a sugar rush.
3: <laughs> and not only has laser tag, but they, ha- they make up a story for while they're playing. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> that was great. That's keeping the creative juices flowing.
2: Flow Death to yes. Voltar,
0: death to the Altarians!
2: It kind of makes you wonder what Alexis is going to be when she grows up. We kind of want to see where she goes as well.
0: I definitely like where they've gone with Alexis. I definitely am looking forward to now what she's going to be. Yeah, um, agreed. I kind of want to make them have her go to like a New York college just so we can She can still to
1: have be around her. in the show. <laughs> just so we can
0: continue to have her just because it's just such a fabulous... Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) they could have
2: phone conversations from some other place or wherever Yeah, but (laughs) But it wouldn't be nearly as
1: good I like the direct physical interaction whether it's the fencing or the laser tag or the bouncing up and hugging because she's so excited that she got asked to the junior prom there
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: and it just wouldn't be the same if it was a phone conversation
2: even the very first episode they were very good about establishing a physical relationship between these characters they know each other, they trust each other there's a point where he basically pushes her halfway down the hall because uh, he doesn't actually pick her up, but it's almost to that point. And-,
0: and he's dragging her in her socks, and she's kind of having fun because it's really fun to be dragged by your socks, basically. Be sliding down the hallway. And the, uh, a lot of risky, risky business.
3: And like the uh, little conversation right there, you can surf all the internet you want. Just stay away from the fan sites. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a very established father-daughter dynamic and I think that was probably very important for them to establish just because Martha moving in has been very recent and it's really been Alexis and her dad for most of her life and they're kind of like this team that can't be torn apart.
2: Oh, one of the things we didn't mention about Martha, I love how she basically takes over the space whenever he leaves. Yeah. Uh, yes. I like the apartment invite, party. Yeah. She invites a guy in to sing Broadway songs. They have a party in the apartment. No, no, it's fine. Go off. Have fun. So, who wants a drink? <laughs> uh, I like uh, how she takes over rewind. his office for the therapist. Yeah, she's a bit. life coach. Yes. Life coach. Oh, God, Martha
1: that's... isn't. That's a woman who should not be giving anyone (laughs) advice on living their life, okay? Uh, Speaking of other silly things, I like Rick's screensaver. You should be writing!
0: Yeah, that was a great little... They're very good at the little touches like that.
1: Mm -hmm. I actually want to change my screensaver to that.
0: (laughs) Yes, I do too. I, I really should. should be writing more. I should. Um, I wrote I l- two thousand
1: words in the past couple of days. I'm happy.
0: Yay! <laughs> I've been sick, so I've been giving myself a pass, which is probably not a good idea. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I like the little touches. Like all of Castle's books are in his office, but there's also like a couple of Firefly things in his office. And
1: mm-hmm. didn't we say on the Firefly cast that he's got the uh... the gun? Yeah. The, gun, catalyzer. The, the
3: catalyzer.
0: The catalyzer is sitting
1: on
3: the shelf. Yeah. Yep. Which is just awesome. That was apparently um Nathan Fillion's souvenir from Firefly. so he just kinda put it on there. I would have asked for the ship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> People kind of really enjoy the... I, th- I feel like the cast really enjoys the Firefly fan base. Did you see Molly Quinn dressed up as Mal Reynolds at Comic-Con?
2: No, no, I did not. No!
0: She walked in last, so Nathan Fillion didn't see her. So, like... Ten minutes into the castle discussion, he looks over at her and does this double take. Nice. (laughs) He's like, what are you wearing? And she stands up for everyone to see. Don't
2: you recognize (laughs) it? It's my space cowboy outfit. (laughs)
0: Uh, And it's just just great. She had the full entire thing going on, including the gun and the gun holster. It's really kind of cool. But yeah, it's just... The fact that they nod to each other's f- fandoms, I guess you could say, is mm-hmm. kind of nice.
1: Well, they recognize that that old fandom is watching the show because of this actor. Mm-hmm. And later on, it became, uh, because it's great show, great writing, and, and all that. But the reason they started was because, like us, we're fans of Nathan Fillion. Yes. Because he yeah. did great work mm-hmm. as Mal Reynolds, and we want to see what he does as Rick Castle. And we have not been disappointed.
0: No, it's a really Mm. fun show. I I will say Season 1 is probably my least favorite season of Castle, but that's just because it just keeps getting better.
1: Right, there's nothing wrong with it inherently. There's
0: nothing wrong with it. It's just Season 2 is just twice the length, and there's twice as much fun. Everyone has so much more fun with Season 2 than Season 1 because everything's already been established and then season three, it just everything gets a step further and it keeps yeah.
3: going, builds upon uh, itself. Yeah, and I think you're gonna definitely enjoy season four because I believe at the moment my favorite two episodes are probably the last two ones that aired. Nice. There were a lot awesome. of fun. God,
0: I haven't seen, even
1: watched any of season three
0: yet, so I've seen half of season four. I stopped right around the time that I had finals to to get done.
1: That's reasonable.
0: And yeah, you know, school important, especially graduating.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Congratulations on your graduation, by the way.
0: Yes. Ah. Hey, yay.
1: I know it happened a little while ago, but I don't yeah. think we've covered it on the podcast. Hey, At least
0: okay. we haven't. I also turned 23. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I know is very young on this podcast.
3: <laughs> I'm younger, so. Oh, I, you I think are? I'm the youngest one here right now.
1: I'm 21. I don't,
0: I don't feel as bad.
1: <laughs> uh, you're old enough to drink. You're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see, some other small points.
2: Rick's ringtone. <laughs>
4: dad, dad, dad!
2: <laughs> That's his ringtone from Alexis, yes. Yep. Yeah. And it blows the whole tactical strike.
0: <laughs> I, I love At the, the worst
2: possible moment,
1: yeah. Of course.
0: <laughs> I love Castle's obsession with, I have a nap for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Ryan Esposito subsequently making fun of him. Is there an app for that? Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, there is, actually. (laughs) I vaguely remember it. I didn't write a note on it specifically.
2: There's all sorts of fun little touches. It's it's just a great time. Even if you don't, as a rule, enjoy police procedurals or don't watch a lot of them, I think you'd still enjoy Castle because it's just fun.
1: It's not about the crime. It's about the characters. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: And I think that's the best thing we can say about it. I'm not a real fan of police procedural shows. And it's one of the reasons I like The Shield so much is because it's about the characters. And yeah, they have their cases, but there's all of this other stuff going on in their lives. Cat would probably hate The Shield because they violate so many laws.
0: Yeah, but- I, I used to be a, a huge fan of all these awesome police procedurals and CSI and all this stuff. And my degree has officially ruined my enjoyment of (laughs) cop shows you're sitting there going there's so many things that's just wrong with this and you want to fix it
2: well there you go in 10 years you'll have to make a cop show
0: (laughs) no no never because cops in real life are boring
2: my father's a cop
1: i will say that's pretty accurate I love him to death, but he's a square.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying like in real in like off duty, they're boring and I'm saying like their their lives are fairly boring. Yeah, I well, had a they, they want this their
1: lives to be boring. They yes, don't want their no, lives it, to it, be exciting.
0: It's good that their lives are boring. I was I had a conversation this weekend because I went somewhere with some friends, and it Sounds one very ca- mysterious. <laughs> we went to Michigan, but one car got pulled over for you bring uh, me
1: back any Michigan sauce.
0: No.
1: <laughs> well, that's all right. I've done research into this. You don't actually get it from Michigan, it's very no, popular in New York. Yes. Anyway, um, carry on.
0: But anyway, so we went to Michigan, and one car got pulled over for doing a U-turn, and my friends who have no experience with cops were just kind of like, well, why would they pull us over for a U-turn? Why would they waste our time with us? You know why? Because state troopers are damn bored. They mm-hmm. have nothing to do.
1: I got pulled over maybe a mile from my house driving in a snowstorm because snow had accumulated and you couldn't see my rear license plate.
0: Yes. I mean, it, in the middle of a
1: snowstorm.
0: They're that bored that they're they just going to do whatever they can to pull people over mm-hmm. because that means they're actually doing something.
1: And granted, I would love to see some more of that. I was commenting on this today. It's like, towns and cities are facing budget crunches, but yet you never see cops out there enforcing the come to a complete stop or this or that minor traffic law. Right. You just don't see it, and it's kind of irritating because they always manage to get me. Always, well, always,
0: It's also, it depends on the area. My neighborhood is, <laughs> let's just say there's drug activity in this area. Not that I know from personal experience. No, of uh, But the cops are less likely to do the little stuff because they're so busy with the major drug busts and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't care as much about that stuff. But in the, then in the suburbs, the cops are much more likely to pull you over for the little things because they're bored and they have nothing to do. And so that
2: is slightly accurate thing from various cop shows where they pull in some witness or other and say, we don't care about immigration. We're investigating a homicide.
0: Oh, that's completely what happens is we're not ICE. We're not going to deport you. We don't really care. Because not,
2: not that ICE that would that deport him
1: anyway, but that's another topic. Not ICE,
0: topic. Um, Else, but, no, um, no,
1: you're right. Immigration and custom enforcement.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. This whole, like, we're not going to really bust you because, A, that's way too much paperwork for us to, to <laughs> deal with. And also, we really don't want to make you pissed off because we want you to cooperate on this thing that we're trying to solve a murder because murder is slightly more important than whether you're violating your visa
1: unless you are an illegal immigrant and committed murder or homicide or manslaughter or whatever
0: well that's that's slightly different mm. <laughs> Then you. Yeah, so, you sorry the there's
1: crime. a case going on here in massachusetts this um anyway i, I don't want to start talking about that but yeah
0: but the point is in the always by retail episode where they kind of deal with this right it's the question.
1: You know, like, oh immigration. We're not immigration.
0: Is that you know, you have these six guys who have clearly done pretty much nothing apart from violate their visas and it's just kinda like, Well, we don't really care about your visas. <laughs> mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. want you to
1: We'll get the information from you, and then later on we'll call the people who do care about your visas, of course.
0: Yes, or, you know... But they're
1: not going to bring them in on those charges. That's no. Not,
0: that's not their job. It really isn't. I was thinking something while I said that. Oh, I do love the fact that Beckett does paperwork. Yes. Because, like, two-thirds of a cop's job is paperwork.
1: hmm And here's a way to get out of a ticket. If you get pulled over for something minor, if you are weird enough, the cop will let you go just because <laughs> he doesn't want to do the paperwork.
0: Also, well, I, this doesn't r- work for guys as much, but if you cry, cop will sometimes let, mm. let you off.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's completely unfair. But
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, if you get command, pulled over anyway. and you pull on
3: the head to a chicken suit... <laughs> um, now I have to ask, do you have a chicken suit head in your car just I, for the occasion? I do not have a chicken head in the car. However,
1: I do own a chicken suit. <laughs> it was a halloween costume about five years ago i still have it it's in pretty oh. good shape it's a great costume and i've used it several times before i wore it like two halloweens in a row but i went to different places and the next year i wore a statue costume and then the next year i was a statue of a chicken
0: <laughs> there you go so. You know, so listeners out there in Listenerland, you know what you should do put on Puffwa and just crank it up.
2: <laughs> Special edition four.
0: Uh, uh, I
2: crashed into a gas station
1: the other day. At- All you need is Jen talking about Yellowstone and bears
0: and
2: <laughs> nuns.
0: And the, the next thing you know, the cops listening in, not writing a ticket, completely forgotten why I pulled you over.
2: Or the fun thing would be Oh yeah, you're listening to Puffar, aren't you? Oh my god, I would <laughs> flip
1: if a cop said that to me.
0: I would probably cry.
1: I would call some of you immediately and be like, you'll
0: never guess what happened! I would probably call Ryan and be like, okay, you have to talk to this cop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wonder if I'd get away with things wearing my cloak, or if I'd just get pulled for possibly concealing giant weapons or something.
0: Oh, there's definitely the fear of when I'm in my Hogwarts uniform or whatever and driving wherever. It's just like, please don't pull me over. (laughs) That just leads to awkward questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me just state right now that Puffwa supports obeying all traffic laws. Yes. One, you don't need the surcharge on your insurance. Two, you have better things to do than sit at the side of the road and talk with the police officer.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And here's another...
1: Yeah, don't get pulled over. And here's another bit of advice. Never address a state trooper as officer. Call them trooper or sir.
0: Yeah, sir or ma'am is is very standard.
1: They don't like it when you call them officer.
0: Well, because they're not officers.
1: They're not. They're troopers. And they'll be happy to correct you if you should make that mistake.
0: Yeah, sir or ma'am is just pretty standard. It's pretty nerve-wracking to be pulled over by somebody. So just sir or ma'am.
1: Be polite. Don't argue with them.
0: So many state troopers and officers have talked to classes of mine, and they've talked about how they'll issue tickets to people that they were going to give just a warning to if they're severely rude to them. Mm -hmm. If you're very polite, you have so much more of a chance of not getting a ticket.
1: I got out of a ticket one time. It was actually the night of being pulled over with the snow on my license plate because I had the country music station on. And he came back and he's like, yeah, huh, you uh, don't seem like the type to listen to country music. But, you know, off you go. <laughs> this concludes our public service announcement.
0: <laughs> We lost Scott.
1: Around this time of the evening, (laughs) the connection to Canada starts to cut out. (laughs) Let's see. I've got a couple of more silly notes here. I like the line from the last episode that fake boobs are like Santa Claus.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: You know they're not Uh, real, but you enjoy them anyway.
0: I don't know. Uh, Is that true?
1: Depends how obvious the fakeness is. Okay. What can I say? I'm male. I like boobs. (laughs) Eh. Oh,
0: oh, no. Boobs are definitely cool. I just... (laughs) I don't... I don't always have... You know, good taste, and I can't really well, get myself out of this one. This is an interesting place. To come back into the conversation.
1: <laughs> Welcome back, Scott. Uh-huh. Yeah, We're you dropped. Started talking about boobs so. <laughs> already. Then, yeah.
0: I'm not the best at telling what, what, what are who are real and what are fake.
1: The only other thing I really have is that Kate never knew about the male hazing, and I find that improbable. With the prom, you mean? Yeah. With the father. The severed head is fun. I enjoy that scene. love
0: the severed head.
1: It was very over the top and very much in Castle's character. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Is it just me or is that Alan Tudyk's head? Oh my god, I I didn't even pay attention.
0: I I need to go back and look at this.
2: I don't know if it's enough to really look exactly like him, but it it seems kind of similar to me. That would be
3: awesome if it is.
0: We're scrolling forward. It's not, but it looks extraordinarily like him.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think the nose is a little too big, the chin's a little too big, and the hair's a little too dark. But besides that, it it does look extraordinarily like him.
1: (laughs) Now, could it maybe be actually Alan Tudyk and not necessarily Wash?
0: Let's look it up.
1: Okay, well, I have no more notes, but... It's
0: possible. I, it's, I mean... It, it, it could be. Yeah, the hair's a little... long. Oh, yeah, that, that that definitely could be him. Nice. He's got, like, brown hair in real life, apparently.
1: <laughs> little touches. Just yeah. little nods here and there, and that's... It contributes to the richness of this show, which I think is fantastic.
2: I'm pretty sure we've touched on all the characters there are to touch on. Yeah, um, I There's have, a lot of great guest stars. We've mentioned that before. but I have one last comment
1: on Kate and particularly Stana Kadic. She's tough, she's ballsy, and yet she's feminine. And it occurred to me while I was doing my rewatch here that she would have made a great Sarah Connor. Did anyone watch mm-hmm. the Sarah Connor Chronicles?
0: I uh, watched like an episode...
3: I watched some of it. I don't think I watched the second season at all. Though. It
1: was—I
0: was know it sold. exists,
2: but
1: it was, was a very, very good premise. The casting was not fantastic, in my opinion, and I think that Stana could have pulled it off a lot better.
0: I'll buy that. I just
1: see her very much in the Linda Hamilton mold—tough, no yeah. nonsense, gonna mess. Yeah,
0: it's, I think Stana Kodak is playing this character. that's Very rare in Hollywood these days, which is that tough, no-nonsense, and yet very feminine. And usually you get one or the other, which is a little frustrating. You either get the woman who is never girly... And is tough as nails and is respected by her peers, or the woman who's girly and likes to dress up and is thought less of by her male counterparts.
2: That's one of the things I like: is the great range of tones and emotional beats and various things in all of the episodes.
1: In the actual show, Sarah was played by Lena Headey, who plays Cersei on Game of Thrones. If you've seen that,
0: I haven't
2: yet. I recognize that name. I've seen her in something else. I haven't seen Game of I'm Thrones. I'm not sure what but. else she's done. Oh, my God. Game of Thrones is amazing. It is so
1: faithful to the book, and that particular book is amazing. So
0: I really need to read uh, Clash of Kings.
1: Yes. Yes, you do. And you should come on the podcast when we discuss it.
0: I've been bad, I've been... Coming kinda... up
1: on the Puff War Exchange. Dun-dun-dun.
0: Are dun, dun. reviewing Clash of Kings?
1: At some point we will. We very thoroughly covered Game of Thrones. We started off going chapter by chapter. And I noticed that. It was stilted and we eventually moved into character discussion and that's probably how we're going to cover the second book as well. So, read and feel free to sign up. Because we'd love to have you.
0: Okay, we'll see. In between
2: all the other stuff you need to read and watch, of course. Oh,
0: yes, of course. You know, because...
2: The list. Yeah. All I right. could very easily spend my entire day watching and reading various things just to have podcasts. But, yeah. As
1: <laughs> easy as it sounds, I've been out of work for a little while, and you very quickly go
2: out of your mind.
0: Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's so to boring to out of work. various
2: things. I couldn't just, like, watch one thing for the whole season or whatever.
0: At some point, I definitely want to retry the Stargate podcast.
2: Yes, yeah. we will do that.
0: And I think it will be better if we go season by season instead of...
1: Episode by episode.
0: Doing an episodic review.
3: So yeah. you're saying you never want to do a uh, individual episode commentary for all of Stargate? Oh, my well, well, God. It's, <laughs> you can it's not, organize that if you want Bob. It's,
0: it's not yeah, that's so that's much... Prob- it was the episode that we chose and the... Forgetting that there was full frontal nudity in it.
2: (laughs) Oh, children of the gods.
0: Yep. (laughs) It was just like, oh, we forget about that part.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta do window of opportunity instead. Oh,
4: I love window Uh, of opportunity. In the middle of
0: my backstroke! (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Such a good good season.
1: Great show. Great, great, great show. As his castle. As his castle. As his castle. I sense we've said everything there is to say tonight, and Um, time for last thoughts. Uh, Well,
3: there's two little things that I'd like to mention last. In episode three, when Beckett gets a call about the case and Castle is trying to listen into what's being said, and she just grabs his ear and is twisting it off to the side while she's having the casual conversation. Mm-hmm. I and did like that. So easily controlling him. And then the uh, end of that episode, how um, Castle uses his storytelling to get the guy to confess. Like yeah, spends yeah. exactly as the guy was thinking it. Mm-hmm. And
4: thinking he
3: says, exactly. And they just pop up, he said, exactly. Yes,
0: I heard that. Did
1: you hear that? Yes, I heard that. That's what we call a confession. <laughs> now, let us ask the criminal justice major, is, Would is that legit? If
0: oh, that's totally legit.
1: the cop spins some story and the suspect says exactly.
0: You don't know how far cops can lie to you. In oh, I know
1: they can lie, but I they mean... They can
0: do whatever they want. As soon as you say, I want a lawyer, they have to leave. Or mm-hmm. they yeah, you have to have a lawyer present. But as long as they waive their rights, you can say whatever the heck you want to them. And if they answer, then totally admissible in court. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is the Miranda warning
0: hmm You have the right to remain silent. Anything that you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney.
1: If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed for you. Do you understand these rights as they have been read to
2: you? Yes. Which never seem to get read out in full on any shows.
3: Because they are Some of them that. get pretty
2: close to the end, but... And they're not always paying attention like I remember
1: one specific instance of the full speech being read out and it's by Kevin Bacon in A Few Good Men mm-hmm. and in That's the middle a of that movie. in the middle of that Jack Nicholson is just spouting off a crime I'm being charged with a crime you the
0: truth. Well, actually, those warnings are slightly different because the military is not subject to Miranda warnings. They have their own set of rules and regulations. So they're a little bit different. But other than that, it's the same mm-hmm. idea, but the wording is slightly different.
2: As sort of my final wrap-up point, I guess, beyond that I really like the show, I've enjoyed watching the season. I'm really glad that somebody got it for me for Christmas and all of those various things. I love that they managed to tie up this whole arc where in the end of the first and into the second episode, she absolutely does not want Castle there. He's an irritant. He's completely annoying. He messes stuff up. And in the last episode, she admits to Montgomery... You know, I don't think I could have solved this one without Castle. And then they have another scene where he messes it up. (laughs) Yeah. There's always the, and then there's more.
0: (laughs) As far as police procedurals go, this definitely, within the first couple episodes, I was hooked. Because it's definitely a lot more true to real life than most police procedurals They don't break any major laws to my knowledge. I think there are a couple little moments where I kind of had to say, well, that's a little bit illegal, but in general they have some pretty good consultants it seems like. I like that they make it about the characters. I like that they kind of establish that crime takes time and that they use Castle's interaction with his family in between solving the crime to make time pass mm-hmm. without taking too much time in the show I think the writing is yeah. fantastic and that everyone occasionally
2: can... solve crimes in a car
0: yeah <laughs> and it's more about figuring things out the old school way that cop asking a thousand questions to a thousand different people solves the crimes more often than the forensics does Uh, I think the acting is superb. I think they've got great chemistry between all the characters, and I really can't wait to review season two, because it just gets so much better.
1: Agreed. What I really like about the show is the smart writing, the deep characters, and just the nods all over the place. And whether it's paying tribute to series that an actor has been in before, or whether it's poking fun at other crime shows, I think the show just is absolutely fantastic. And I'm so glad to have discovered it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Bob?
3: Well, I guess all my points have already been said pretty much favorite parts, pretty much the interactions between the characters and just the amazing writing. It's better than the vast majority of shows out there. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for
1: (laughs) joining tonight. Thank you to our listeners in listener land for tuning in and hearing us babble. How long have we been on the call?
0: Two and a half hours.
1: Wow, this is nothing compared to our last recording.
0: (laughs) To be fair, we were A, drunk, and B, there was a lot more to talk about.
1: (laughs) I haven't even reached the end of the shoulder of my bottle of wine yet. Yeah. (laughs) This is not even a full glass
3: yet.
0: Bob, have you listened to the last podcast that we just put out?
3: Unfortunately, no, I don't think so.
0: We talked about what makes fanfiction bad, and we talked for five and a half hours.
1: The actual length of the recording was 5.45. There is a lot of bad fanfiction stuff. <laughs> it is. Well, we we didn't talk about pairings. We talked about themes and cliches and such. And even after editing, and some substantial cuts were made where I was babbling and repeating myself and drunk even after that the final recording was four hours 47 minutes
0: we had to actually stop and be like we have to continue this on another night because it's just so because we, we were too it was drunk like, to continue well it was it was also it was 2 a.m where you guys were and it was 1 a.m where i was and it was just kind of like we're just like we're done we need to go to bed oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There will be another discussion of bad fic and there will be a discussion of good fic and plot bunnies and things that we would love to see people write because a lot of the problems with cliches and bad fic is that you read it and you say, I've read this fic three times before by different authors. And it's just, Uh, we lost um, Scott again. Yeah. Uh, Um, we. we, we, We've got a whole bunch of things that we want to suggest that people can write, like dwarves. I would love to see dwarves in a fic. I would like to see Harry discover a magical race, learn all about them, and then realize that they can be absolutely no use to him in fighting the war. (laughs) And so on. Scott does not want to be called back, apparently. I
0: just like when characters get really original with things that are established in canon. It just makes me really excited when I see something that I haven't seen before. Now that really hel- that really helps people out there in listener land who are looking for suggestions. It's just kind of like one of those. I really get excited when people just use something, do something original. Yeah. yeah.
3: Other oh, repetition thing, that reminds me of something... Amusing that I noticed. Has anyone here uh, played Mass Effect or Mass Effect 2? Nope.
4: No. No. Uh,
3: It's a really great game. The third and final one of the uh, series is coming out in early March. And it's pretty much the only game that I can think of that is a serialized game where your actions in the first game and the second game affect what happens in the later games. Nice. That's a tribute to good writing. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, thing that I found funny was I just noticed little similarities kind of paralleling it in babylon 5 in mass effect 2 there's a character named morden <laughs> <laughs> i love Mr. He, morden. and the character in mass effect isn't really at all like the morden from babylon 5 but he sings a little variation of modern major general
0: <laughs> so.
3: that's awesome that's and fantastic Thank you
0: again i keep getting that song out of my head and then people at it back in my head. Well, you're no, very welcome. Me, like, it's a great song for
1: that. It is. So, yeah. Scott, since we have you back, I think we should all say goodnight and <laughs> then we can continue to Babylon if we wish. <coughs> Babylon. haha. ha. Uh,
0: Good nice
4: night, Lika. everybody. night, guys. Good night,
1: everyone. Good night. I love you. I love you too, guys.
0: I love you, guys. <laughs> love you guys. That, that's, that was, that, that's never going to get old.
1: That was fun. Well, we were so plastered. At the end of the day, I felt nothing but love for you and PSN. You know that other person who was on the call with us. <laughs>
0: hey, to my credit, she left like four like girls. three or four hours before we said good night. It was
1: halfway through.